Welcome and thank you for listening to our tasty podcast, our nerdy ass way of venting to you, the listener, our many hobbies. You can find our discussion topics for each episode wherever you get your podcasts or by checking our Twitter and Instagram at our tasty podcast. Now time for some delicious content. All right, and here we are. And that's it. Obviously, people can come and join us. It's set for 6.30, but nonetheless, I'm happy to get started. Ten people on our Discord. Whoa! Welcome, everybody, to the Discord. Thank you for joining our community. That's true. Whether we're here live or not. Very true. We're always happy to have all of you joining us. Um, And, yeah, we're about to delve into the world of Overside. It was a story by Evan Dom. Uh, Now that I'm talking, I feel like I have to be professional about it. Uh, Fulfillers. Yeah. Searchers, yeah. keepers, <laughs> tellers, tellers, <laughs> and prophecies. Urs. These are the urs. The urs of oversight. Ur, uh, ur. <laughs> rick, rick. Awesome. Uh, you just said you got back from donating. Mm-hmm. You, you not just today. We just ate some good old Wendy's. It's a solid, hearty meal. Yep. Ghost pepper ranch wasn't actually spicy. No, uh, not at all. I'd be surprised. I guess if a fast food chain did make. Something actually spicy. Good spicy sauce. Mm-hmm. However you want to interpret that. There was a sriracha sauce that McDonald's had some years back that was actually hot. You said McDonald's? Uh-huh. Mm. Did you like it? No. Oh. But it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> hot with no flavor. The flavor was terrible. Anybody but, can but do that. But it was spicy. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Uh, you said you've been playing Hollow Knight again? I have been playing Hollow Knight again. Um... I looked at my first save file from the back way back when I played maybe two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and it took me forty five hours to get ninety nine percent. Yeah, and the one percent I have left is like a DLC boss. Oh, yep. I think and you then that and then Sunday. the gauntlet. So if you want to if you want to platinum it, get all the achievements you possibly could in I'm the game. Okay. Yeah, you got to fight every boss that's in the game in one go on one life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, nah. I'd rather <laughs> replay the game than do that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm replaying the game. <laughs> okay, well, here we are. How many hours you got in now? Maybe like two. Mm. Or do you feel yourself progressing a lot faster? No, I'm just as lost as the first time. <laughs> yeah. Well, how long ago did you have your first playthrough then? About two or three years. Oh, okay. Did you say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, there's a couple items you can buy, a compass and, a, and like a marker, and it t- shows where you are on the map, and mm-hmm. then it gives a harder border to the actual rooms I see. In the map, so you can see where the doorways are. Because before you get that, they're kind of like pixelated. Yeah. And you can't tell which is a doorway and what's just aesthetically I like see. worn. And the idea is you have a worn map. Mm-hmm. You got to buy a map from the map maker. Cool. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of just like um, Metroid. O- OG Metroid has a very pixelated map, and the edges are typically white bordered or no bordered at all, knowing that you can progress to another room. Mm-hmm. That actually, would they did the same thing in Shippo. You would know that because and of the border. In spoilers to come. Mm. Axiom in the oh, second does one. It? In the second one, at least. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so yeah, for, with this recording, we've decided that our next topic thereafter, the Expanse, which will be one month from this recording on. March 6th, uh, we'll be talking about the scientific world of the Expanse, which I'm actually pretty excited for. I love uh, vegging out and listening to some some science once in a blue moon. But then thereafter, we'd like to keep a two-topic schedule moving forward. So then the next month after that, February, March, April, 
What day will that be? April 3rd. Oh, day yep. before Shane's birthday. Wow. Shout out to Shane. Shout out Shane. We just had two parties for him this past weekend because <laughs> he's leaving for Vietnam, going on a little vacay, world traveling type. Mm-hmm. Wish you the best. Don't die, please. And if you do, we'll remember you fondly. Mm-hmm. And so then April 3rd, day before Shane's birthday, Axiom Verge. Uh, did you care about doing the first or second? Because the second was the game of the month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, like, well, shit. I've been wanting to play that game, and mm-hmm. now I got the second one for free. Do I just skip it? Do you feel lost at all, like a story? I mean, it's a platformer. As far as the story is concerned, the story seems self-contained, but I bet that whatever we're joining in as the main, as the protagonist mm-hmm. is some sort of continuation. Okay. Um, we could. Do I can a- do a little research and see yeah. if it's vital for playing the second game. Okay. But it's like a it's like a old school Nintendo storyline. It's it's like you get a text box that gives you a little bit of a tale, and then you kind of have some direction within the game too. Yeah, I mean, I get actually a story. Did, I just did type story Axiom Verge to see if it follows. Have you seen the movie It Follows? No, but I've heard of it. Isn't that the one where once you have sex with somebody, it'll just follow you? And though it's slow. It but it never stops. stops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it uh. never stops. Hmm. Well, it is it is this direct sequel. Okay. So like following the events of the final whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's a boss, maybe it's a Yeah, however you want to interpret that. I just got the quick synopsis. There's some billionaire called to Antarctica for your daughter. Yep. And it's so it's more or less a direct sequel to the second one. That sounds like what you've gotten in, in a couple hours. Yep. Okay. Yeah, then there's a with, computer that has some information, but all the other computers like are turned off. Oh, and evil computer. One, I'm thinking that's <laughs> that's my theory okay. so far. And yeah, if you're all right, backtracking. Yeah, uh, we I can get us Axiom Verge, the first one. Yeah, and we can play through that. Cool. I'm sure the playtime isn't crazy long. A lot of those beautiful indie games. I mean, you and I know we love the shorter games because otherwise, oh, I can tell you guys a lot later. Uh, about how many hours I fucking sunk into Monster Hunter. Like, it just... <laughs> like a yeah. vacuum. I already have almost, like, 80 hours into the thing. It's pretty great. I started well, I mean, playing it like, two weeks ago. Like, with <laughs> Hollow Knight. Yeah. You can beat Hollow Knight in a few hours if you sure. want. But I'm a completionist, mm-hmm. and so it took me that long only because I was getting mm. everything in the game. I see. If you... But if you... Not necessarily... Um, not necessarily speed run, but catered to the main plots and stories of hollow knight it would be around three hours if because i'd be surprised about now a speed run of hollow knight i'm gonna eat those words three <laughs> hours is probably like god <laughs> god mode speed run i bet you maybe 10 yeah. out ho- 10 do hours me, do you want me to do a quick yeah let's Google? see let's see what someone's hollow let's knight. see what someone's speed run is speed run record let's see if i go to youtube there are ways you can cheat some shortcuts in it mm-hmm. for sure sure any percent speed run Let's see. This is posted Hollow Knight any percent no major glitches, uh, posted four months ago. That's actually kind of recent, I would say. Well, it's because Silk Song's supposed to be knock on wood coming out this year. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, do you have any guesses? Your original? My original was three, speed but, running, but no. It says no major glitches, so there could be minor glitches. Mm. Or like they can cheat around something without having the upgrade for it. I, yeah, I think a major glitch. I guess I don't know speed running terms, but in my mind, from what I've seen, a minor glitch would be like a menu save glitch to skip a doorway opening uh, animation. Yeah. And a major glitch would be like 
going out of bounds, messing with the code, skipping the a super chunk. the Super Mario sixty four glitch where you can just fight Bowser. On, yeah, on like yeah, the first yeah, yeah, five minutes exactly. But I think as a minor glitch in Super Mario, you can like cap. You can oh, what? I don't know the term. I'm gonna butcher it you for can all cap you. Cap some fools. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> no, but when you go backwards, you don't have any uh, speed limiters. Mm. You can go fast enough backwards if you do a jump right to glitch through walls mm -hmm. but that's a mechanic of your of your movement that's glitched and it allows you to skip through walls i don't know if that would be considered a minor glitch used for major advantages so maybe the speed of it isn't the ma a major glitch but then using it to jump through a right. wall would make that you about... cross the threshold into glitch yeah. world yeah yeah so i don't know the lines between. all right well my guess that. my guess is seven hours 28 minutes no less than when your original guess is. wow i should have known <laughs> But I didn't know. Uh, 32 minutes Jeez. and 44 seconds. Jeez. That's pretty great. Yeah, this is posted by some guy named Fireborn on YouTube. Don't know. Just gave you a random shout out. Hope you like it. <laughs> but back to the matter at hand. Uh, we read a book today, uh, one of which we've I have read multiple times. You think you've also read at least once before? I've read Order of Tales twice. I've read okay. Rice Boy now once. Okay, do you, off the bat, think you liked one more than the other? Great question. I think I liked the inking in Rice Boy. I liked the color. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I liked the pencils not being inked in order of tails. <laughs> so okay. there I would have to say they're equal as far as art is concerned. Story, I think the order of tails is quicker it's a much it doesn't feel as dense when you read rice boy i felt like there was so much mm. extra stuff that you could learn or or mm -hmm. hear about details of the details world. of the world details of the history which is funny because order of tales is actually set after rice boy rice boy is like a quote-unquote prequel by a thousand years or something like that crazy mm. yeah um, well no other way around because, Rice, is because if you recall the way Rice Boy ends, that character shows up in Order of Tales. Yeah, which would make Rice Boy the prequel. No. Oh. Yeah. There it it is. would make Order of Tales the prequel. <laughs> You're good. So we'll get there. More or less spoilers. Let's say some significant people pass away from one book to the other. That would make, make it... Uh, a prequel historically mm. than from one to the next which honestly i didn't even realize as i was reading rice boy because my first i was like i really liked rice boy mm -hmm. it's got a lot of cool details there's ways that the imagery will just i think i'll allude to this a lot probably as we talk about stories but you have soft world building and hard world building this does a fantastic job of soft world building it's not set in stone you don't need to know the science it's not factually stated it's just implied it's just an impl implication that you can interpret yourself mm. as the reader imagery on how the world works characters and species that live amongst the world oh yeah how those little guys yeah i knew there was just gonna be some crazy significance yep. when i saw that one little fisherman like in yep. the river in, yep. the, in between the bark of the tree oh i love it so <laughs> much it's really cool with that far later in the story you come to this world that's tiny Mm -hmm. So you have this now world of Overside, consisting of the top side of the disc and the bottom side of the disc. And even within those sides being their own very distinct places, you have like a whole tiny biome like Dr. Seuss's Whoville. 
mm-hmm. which is on a dust speck. It's a, a lot like that, maybe mm-hmm. even inspired from it. Sure. But now that we've gotten to talking about, let's get into it. What is Rice Boy and what is The Order of Tales? These are books by Evan Dom. Did you write down anything on, like, stats? I only wrote down a couple things here. Um, yeah, I wrote the years in which wrote, they were published. I did exactly that. Uh, Rice Boy was a project that Evan Dom worked on from 2006 to 2008, mm-hmm. and it was published then, and Order of Tales came in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Dom did the writing, the drawing, and the inking in Rice Boy's case. I'm pretty sure he was, was, was he solo in all of it, or no? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, for the whole, all the books. Oh, for all, uh-huh. Let's see. I know, because it originally started as just like a webtoon. I mean, like you said, we've mentioned before, you can go to riceboy.com and Rice read Boy. all of these for free. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, well, Riceboy for sure, all Evan Dom. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing because Order of Tales wasn't inked, maybe he wanted to publish it a little sooner, or he just liked the black yeah. and white detail of it. Well, both books were worked on within two years' time. It does say Order of Tales, at least on the, on the Rice Boy website, it shows that they started on Order of Tales in July of 08. And oh, sure. So Ju- then he started immediately after finishing. Yeah, uh, May, June, July, two months break. So then the continuation of this universe, not necessarily oversight, but the world of Evan Dunn. We have Rice Boy, Order of Tales. The one that he started creating thereafter is still within the oversight universe. It's called Vatu. And I believe it's out about a young girl of a tribe. You know, I have it here. Let me click some things. Yoink. Open link. I haven't read it, but having read these two books, I actually would, I would read it. Yeah. The, the very quick one-sentence synopsis is that Vatu follows a girl from a nomadic culture come the midst of a clash of cultures, which I thought is very interesting. Especially as you see all the species and people that are in the world, like, it's very vast. There's a lot. You can try and even pull inspiration from, like, dwarfs of um, the rock place or stone town. What's it uh, called? Uh, the Stone Palm. Stone Palm. Yeah, Stone Palm. Yeah, Which is literally <laughs> uh, uh, five five spires in the shape of fingers coming yeah. out of the ground. This is really cool. Which I... is a great, great design. I love the landscape. The landscape, the way it builds. The Order of Tales is the one I first read. I put a note. Prequel to Rice Boy with an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. there you go. No, you're good. Very cool, very cool. So, yeah, feel free to start going through your notes. Uh, well, my first my first thing that caught me into Rice Boy uh, is when you open up the first page, you get mm-hmm. Toe, the one electronic, mm-hmm. um, has a TV head, and the TV screen's on. Have you read any saga? Yes. You I know, know Prince I know Robot, exactly Prince what Robot the Fourth? To. Yep. Um, this predates saga, and I don't know if... I'm, I'm not saying that Evan Dom is the creator of the idea but yeah. i mean this is this predates it by several years the idea that there's a living being with a tv as a head and the monitor then shows right some sort of emotion or or feeling yeah that well that, you're regarding to specifically the tv itself because yes. in my mind it's just another form of like an animatronic like irobot sure um but more specifically yeah that tv head is very interesting because ah, that reminds me of Saga. There's a point where you meet um, the prince's dad, and it's like a giant his TV, <laughs> like his... like eight foot plasma mm-hmm. TV on a throne, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just a tiny little LCD. Yeah, it was just kind of fun. That's a good point. Do you remember who did Saga? Uh, Brian Kavon and Fiona Staples. 
It's pretty good. I like that a lot. Brian K. Vaughn is. He's the bee's knees. The bee's knees, you say? The cot's pajamas. Yeah. Um, I like the dialogue in Rice Boy a lot. It feels believable. While yes. I was reading the story, it's very casual conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like forced dialogue. I actually noticed that in Order of Tales, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of the way it's re- the characters speak... It's, it's very it, well written. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like forced. It doesn't feel like it's just mm-hmm. shoehorned in to get the plot line down. Yeah. It, it flows. It has a nice flow to it. It's written in a way where it still accents the way that characters would speak. Yep. So you have the interesting language, which comes up. I think they refer to it as trill. There's probably others that are within the universe, but it's literally written in like cursive lines. I wrote, I, I sketched a couple of those <laughs> images. Course. I love it, love it. But even when you first meet Calabash, he is the one electronics. Well, always, I guess I'll just call him Toe forever. Yeah. Toe. I wrote Calab- him as Toe forever. Okay, cool. Toe and Calabash is where you first meet. And I'd say Calabash was like, he always reminded me of like a Southern brute-esque individual. They gave him a very interesting dialogue. Like, yeah, you, like you're like glad you could get here on short notice. Yeah, exactly. The way they, they slur and have the molasses run out of the mouth. It's really well stated. And he's like a local. He knows the bartender. And they, they first introduce themselves by more or less failing at some grand task, which at this point you know nothing about. You're like, oh, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. You just have to find an important someone since their last choice, uh, who was named Spatch, <laughs> had perished. Uh, and Sp- Spatch is a very interesting plot point through the book, but I think it ends up being a very interesting, like, moral on, like, uh, what am I trying to say here? You can have power, but it does not make you necessarily powerful or mm-hmm. righteous in your own way. It where did I write this down? It might even been have been later. More or less, it's about power going to your head. Uh, great power doesn't make you great. It's the way you yield it. That's what I wrote down. That's what I wanted to say. And they have a full few pages on the story of Spatch, which we'll get to. But right away, you mentioned the name and how like that he was the chosen one, and then he died. And so they got to find someone new. And you're like, wait, what? Who the heck is Spatch? They even show you a cute little photo of some frog-looking dude. And yeah. that ends up following through as a thread for the entire story yeah i mean that's the driving force for the main antagonist exactly i think they talk about the full story of spatch in the first book i think it comes up actually yeah pay right before even page 22 we've gotten it yep so you mean uh, from the from the town of sunk yeah <laughs> i thought that was such it's a so cool, cool. Name. it's just a swamp the called names sunk. are cool of the places and everything but you meet Toe, you meet Calabash. They and wait, are... I wanted to point this out. No, They're, uh, we're meeting them in a uh, tavern called the Hideous Child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really good. I just like that. There's a little bit of humor, but not so much that it's in your face. It's like, oh, gotcha. it's detailed humor where it's like, mm-hmm. if you read a character with a little bit of uh, sarcasm, like if, you're, if you interpret it as sarcasm, then it's like, oh, that was actually pretty funny. Hmm. I guess I don't know exactly what you mean. I have I have a note on it. I'll bring it up when it comes up. Okay. Um there's a there's an exchange. Well, okay, how about much more in your face when uh this is ahead of where we are. We can always loop back. But when uh Garand or Gerand? I say Garand. Garand? When Garand meets Right Boy, mm-hmm. he just says, "Oh, I thought you were dead. I was just using your boat." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. 
I, surface, surface level, it's like, well, he thought he was dead. He's not going to touch the body. But mm-hmm. then also, that's just funny because that's not a normal interaction. Sure. I ate your sandwich, too. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were, thought you were dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like Garand as a character. He's very interesting because they show you later, like, how with how timid they introduce him. He has a couple moments much later that show you how furious he is. Blood and guts, blood yeah. and guts. So they give you a calabash. They give you toe. They're in search of an important someone, and apparently they're thousands and thousands of years old on this search. And the most recent chosen, Spatch, has been perished. Has been dispatched. Has been dispatched. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do you think that's why his name is Spatch? Oh, that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that when Calabash and Toe are talking about it in the bar, like they don't agree anymore. They've been doing it for thousands of years. They start to complain because apparently it's really important to find who this special someone is. And they've been looking for 3,000 years. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, I think what well, agents of God, they said. Mm-hmm. Oh, So nonetheless... Calabash stays behind the bar, and Toe goes to meet off with uh, someone who he's been conversing with a while. Our main protagonist, by the known as Rice Boy, who's literally like I can only describe as a timid grain of rice. Yep, he's a white blob. Somebody asked me why his name's Rice Boy. I was like, he's he looks like he's rice, yeah. <laughs> like one grain of rice. <laughs> yeah, it's like verbatim. Yeah, he's a yeah. I don't even know. He's just he's just a Rice Boy. <laughs> yeah. No legs, no arms, yep. no mouth. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. He begins to sit down with Rice Boy, and he's talking with him about, uh, him being the next successor after Spatch. And Rice Boy's like, well, I'm not really, uh, capable, I don't think. <laughs> what kind of job do you got? Can I do a certain job? What's going on here? I'm no good at that stuff. And then he just calmly asks, offers him tea and when he's in his home, like nothing's crazy. So the way they introduce Rice Boy is literally like you have this huge, diverse world, and he's a grain of rice on a beach of sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like nice. Yeah, thank you. Man, pulled that one out. Nice. Uh, but you still, we're gonna follow this guy. He's very calm, very courteous. He is always offering tea. Of course, you could smoke in here, toe. Whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Um, back to Spatch. Did you mention him writing a book? Um, not yet, but okay. that comes up. Did it, is that, that at that, the end? That's it. That's in that first introduction of Spatch's history in the tw- page. Oh, 20s. I do see that. Yep. So right after he has a sit down with Spatch, he's basically looking for him to be a special someone. He, titled, he titles the book him. Spatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is now talking about Spatch, like we just mentioned, uh, because Rice Boy is curious. Toast begins to uh, in inform is the word I'm looking for. Spatch was the ruler of the town sunk, and Calabash and Toe originally thought he was the chosen. Mm-hmm. Spatch was like, oh, of nice. course I'm the yes, fucking chosen. Yeah, I am the chosen. <laughs> Bow to me. Yeah. And more or less kicked and, all and of the cultures out of mm-hmm. sunk, so it was just frog people, and then handed down his own... Um, fanatic craze about this prophecy to all of his followers who may have uh, followed blindly but now they it's been long enough in his reign where they started to follow faithfully i think they said it's been like 60 years or so 60 since, that's since he passed so a couple of yeah a couple frog generations sure sure and like the book that he left down for his generations was if he like carry my name yeah. I, he knew he would die he had to prepare he was still at least a king even if he was a power hungry king and so more or less the new, 
Rice Boy has to replace that and be careful that uh, this generation of Spatch might come and get him sometime. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Mm, more or less, Sunk was ruined. And Rice Boy is now there to try and fix it based off of what Toad wants and requires. Yeah, but Rice Boy initially then denies it, as you said. Yeah. Um, and then we get like a glimpse of a potential villain. I put on page 32, we see Golgo and Dolly for the first time in the story. Mm, yeah. um, and they look ominous, but they don't say they're a villain. So I wrote villain question mark, because at the time, mm. when you read it, you're not sure yeah. what, who that, they and are. I thought they looked really cool. You know, they got an eye patch or some weird black bulbous figure with a rather striking red coat in comparison to the rest of the attire. It's well, and he's crazy. traveling with a frog. And we yeah. know now that frogs are all racist, so there's some frog here that isn't, apparently. Yeah. Dolly, who's... who. Golgo does not respect, yeah. more or less. Yeah. Dolly is just like, I know more than you think I do. Yeah, <laughs> which, I mean, turns out she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah. Before we even get there, they do show us like some transitioning pieces of the foliage, and you have one of Rice Boy's friends tending to like the lights outside. <gasps> oh, yeah. And I love a lot of the foliage that is drawn and written, both with the structures of the places, the way you travel through. You're it's really at... pretty. I am looking exactly at that. There's these little dandelions. They start off with a red bobble, but as they grow, they pop off of the ground, and as they do, they light up to be fluorescent and float into the sky like fireflies. Ah, wow, that's really pretty. Cool idea. And and Rice Boy's friend Rosemary just eats one. Yeah, because <laughs> they're edible. <laughs> nom nom. Oh, sorry, uh, choo-choo. Oh, choo-choo, even better. But yeah, they at this point, that's when you realize they're getting spied on, which is why I thought of it, uh, because Golgo, you oh, know I right see. away, is spying on Toe and Rice Boy. So Golgo is this black bulbous figure who we learn his name as he speaks with Dolly. Very interesting fella. Um, <laughs> and you know what's actually sad? We totally skipped on... Well, at least by, by saying page 32, we have skipped. Or no, it is 20. 33? Oh. oh, you know what? My pages are going to be different than yours. Oh, really? I'm online versus... And it's not... Book. It's This isn't page 32 for you? Or 33? No, it is not. That is page... Is that the moment you're referring to, though? Yes. Oh, you know what? Uh, how? Where is that page? Like, <gasps> I wrote it down. Whoa. Mine's on page 29. Yeah. Nonetheless. Hmm. Well, remember how we talked about how Calabash and Toad didn't really agree, and they left, and Calabash was left at the bar? Well, Toad has some heartfelt moments with Rice Boy, and then he goes back to meet with Calabash after a long night. And if you'd like. And Calabash is lying on the floor. With what looks like blood pouring out of his head and a spilled glass of, of alcohol. Yeah. So somebody's killed Calabash. My first thought was maybe he like killed himself, drank himself to death or something. Mm. But the blood, I think, suggests otherwise. I never thought that. I always thought that he killed himself. Ah. I guess, yeah, I never considered that. The fact that there's blood next to his head. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But we well, do learn mean- later why. Why Calabash is dead. We do? Yeah. God killed him. Really? Because he's not doing it anymore. Oh. He quit being a searcher, and so God took him out. Oh, shit. That makes sense. I didn't 
I thought he when he in that reference you're speaking of, I thought he was speaking of toe, like what I will do to you. Oh. Mm. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe God lied and and quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> and was like I killed him, but it just was lucky that he was dead so he could say he killed him. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That was a really interesting character. More or less they're tasked with being these searchers by God and they're like, "Whoa, that's pretty big and ambiguous brained uh eventually well you meet god in a strange way uh yeah very interesting what i really like about the scenes though and especially with like toe's face mm -hmm. it's always going to be some strange like almost real world image mm -hmm. of a person's face reacting right and in this moment where calabash is dead it's just static and then a simple reflection of calabash's face as if he is in his thoughts or on his on his mind yeah which i thought was really interesting that does that quite a few times where the face is like jovial and he's trying to laugh but yeah i guess let's be honest toe doesn't really laugh too much i considered him to be a very stone get cold. things done yeah. stone cold yeah very much when he smokes um oh there's an image of a smoker on his face oh like, is there like yep 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 exactly smoking so way off of that we're four pages apart from each other Okay. Just so you know. If yours was on page 33, mine was on page 29 um, for the death. Mine was on 33, yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. So then on your page 39, my page 34, uh, I just did that as a quick thing because you know that Rice Boy was found by the space eye thing. Um. Oh, you get this. Yep. 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 I, I, the way that you see Golgo's eye, which I thought was really cool. You yeah. get the weird like imagery through his eye to show Toe going to it, and that simply gives Golgo information. Mm -hmm. And who was traveling with a frog person, who now we know has a vengeful spatch rain or something. It seems very ambiguous still at this time. Yeah. But I love I the really scene. Like I love the, the scene imagery. changes in this in this story. What you're you're talking about how like this it's mm, yeah. it's Golgo spying. Yes. It shows Toe. Yep. And then we see Toe. It shows uh Toe actually saying Rice Boy, and then we get the scene change to Rice Boy. Mm -hmm. It's kinda like a, a nice step by step to show each character that we've met so far in the story. Exactly. And then meet a new character, Garund. Garund. Who oh I love Garund so much. He yeah. feels like such a like a brave derp. Yeah. Almost like, I guess I don't know if that's really great, but in the Goonies, right? What's the guy's name in the Goonies who's all misshapen? I don't know his name. Yeah. But he's a derp, but he's strong and courageous, you know? And he helps, yeah. helps the group get the treasure. And loyal as all hell. Yeah, exactly. That's the first thing that comes to mind with him. Not that he's misformed or misfigured. He is um, a character from Stone Palm. So I guess, do they ever say what their races are? Um, not in Rice Boy, but in the Order of the Tales, uh, they're referred to as the Horned. The Horn, Horned Ones. Yes. Yep. And it's H-O-R-N uh, apostrophe D, I think, instead of No, e not N-E-D? Yeah, I think. I'm okay. pretty sure. I don't remember. Pretty sure. Oh, I always thought it was Horned Ones. It might be Horned. Yeah. Not Horny, but just Horned. <laughs> not a Hornet. But well, they got to make, they got to reproduce somehow. <laughs> Probably. I mean, they are just rocks. Like he gets his uh his spike broken off later, doesn't care. He's yeah. like, oh shit, my that's true, and it doesn't bleed. My, my spike. But we meet Garand, 
He is in his boat. He's eating, going munch munch, eating a sandwich that Toe had left for Rice Boy on his ventures. Which, I might add, when Rice Boy is first with Toe, he's more or less, I'm not your chosen. I'm not the one to be fulfilling this prophecy. I'm not interested. The way he goes out and after denying this call to action as a story would be told, he was like, hmm, I'll just see what goes down the river. Yeah. It's like the super most nonchalant, yeah. oh, I'll see. Yeah. And then he's in a boat. And then he gets up ends up being on the boat much longer than he thought he would to the point where he falls asleep. And now here we are in the next scene with Gerund munching on the sandwich left for Rice Boy. And we get our first map of Overside. Oh, sure. I didn't even think of that. I wanted to actually check. You have it here? Um, oh, yeah. The map would be in there, too, is it not? I think so. But Gerund, Gerund is actually holding a map. And so as far as story is concerned, you get a... You can see the palm in the north, mm-hmm. uh, something matchwood, doorless wood, mm-hmm. and that's all we're given. Oh, and Lonely Land. This, let's see. Did he say the name of the river? Oh, I know where the Dorlish Woods is. I see that. Oh, okay. We are right there. <laughs> Rice boy quote. Maybe I'll just go a little way. Yeah. So if you look, if you see this here, this is our map in the back of the paper edition of Order of Tales as a three-book collective. This is the map that he has right here. Oh, yeah, that's and tiny. And this is the Dorlish Woods, yeah. which he's pointing to right here. Oh, cool. And the, Just a little... You see how that river matches up? Yes. That's pretty dope rope. That is pretty Is that the same river? No. Ooh, it's called the Sunk River. God, oh. I love maps. So it's probably from, the, it's either sourced from or flows into Sunk. Oh, shit, and here's Ten Shells. That's where Cork oh. goes to. That's really cool. That's where he finds the bottle woman. Correct. We'll get to that. So Garen pulls out this map and is telling Rice Boy, oh, we can travel for a short distance together. I'll break off at Lonely Land. And he's like, why? He's like, well, I'm trying to hunt a bleach beast. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, Bleach Beast killed my brother. I'm going to kill him back. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, by yourself? Yeah. It's like, okay, I cool. have his axe. I yeah. think it's magical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's just a cute, innocent, but fierce, respectable, and loyal individual. Yep. Talks about avenging his brother. Yeah, so Garen gives a little background. We get a little bit of a, a character development in history for that character for his brother being taken by the bleach beast, and we actually get to see the bleach beast, and it looks kind of like a, uh, like a mix of like the Princess Mononoke wolf, and like Naruto's fox spirit. It's like red and white, foxy, dog-like, yeah. yeah, creature that's gigantic. I can see what you see. I'm trying to think. Um, you know oh, what's it called? There was a game where you can paint with ink, and the the main storyline is a white dog. Yeah. Ah, uh, ooh, that's gonna bother me now. Was it? Was it in? Uh, was it in Japanese? I think so. I think it came out on Wii first or something. Oh, I thought it was PlayStation Two. Mm. All I know is it's a collectible game. Is. Okami. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. We were thinking the same thing. Perfect. Yeah. It reminded me of the Okami dog. Mm-hmm. It's white. It's got some red accents. Yeah. It's a dog. It's 
the dog with white and red. <laughs> <laughs> white and red dog. Oh, that's actually a really cool fan art here. Check that out. Oh, wow. yeah. That's sweet. It looks, it looks pencil drawn or charcoal or something. A lot of those symbols kind of look, uh, or that drawing looks kind of like some of the language in Rice Boy. Yeah. The all those swirly mist symbols. Yeah. When the bird whistles in order of tails, I always imagined that the cursive was like the height and pitch of the note. Ah. So it was like, you know, how it would go in a circle and whiz around. Yeah. But maybe not. I actually noted every time that symbol came up. Really? Yeah. Quark uses it to call Potok. Mm, yeah. Yep. But then I don't think it's used in any other sense. The bird whistles it and he uses it to call his steed. There's another symbol that shows up in Rice Boy. And it's not the two half circles. There's a, some other, sure. some other. I think God speaks it. It's the oh, language that. Oh yeah, that's. I think that's the part of the trill language. Mm. Well, no, because the trill language is a lot more like shapes, which mm -hmm. is kind of weird. But I know with the order of tales, when there's that whistle, I'm wondering if that's just the denotation for a song. Sure. And so it's uh, a bird sings and chirps as you would whistle and call a steed. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. It's a noise. It's a noise. Uh, uh, moving, f let's see what's going on there. Galgo, shortly afterwards, introduced to Garand. Galgo goes to, oh my God, Spatch the second. Oh, he is evil. No way. <laughs> Who would have thought? He's the bad guy. And we learn that Galgo was hired by Spatch the second to kill fulfillers. Those are the people that the searchers, uh, Calabash, Calabash and Toe, are looking for as part of this prophecy. They are the searchers for fulfillers. To complete the prophecy. And now this Golgo is hired to f murder any fulfillers found. Which is why he's now after Rice Boy. Which is really interesting. So they tied those guys together. And the way Spatch speaks is just like how regular Spatch speaks. Spatch the second versus Spatch the first. Yeah. It's, not, it's like arrogant power. Like, what? What do you mean? Get this done for me. You know, like. I don't know how else to describe it. but Yeah, he's annoying. He's, he's, he's definitely a villain. They definitely do a good job as paying him as annoying. I think yeah. that's a good point. Oh, I didn't even realize this. On his shirt, it's the frog print, and it has the second next to it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's funny. Um, I wrote down one quote for this exchange, and it's when... Um, it's when Spatch asks about the new fulfiller that's been picked, and Golgo says... No arms or legs, lives in a stump. Yeah. Surely not a threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just felt like uh. at some point he might be eating those words. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. They change scenes back to our friends in the forest being Garen and Rice Boy. And here we get like a really cool visual of the people. Because you've got this weird troll thing. Boar, the very large. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I am Boar. Yeah, exactly like you said. And honestly, he's just a nonchalant dude, and Rice Boy is still pretty courageous. Like, hey, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, what I can't imagine what they would sound like. But he greets them and welcomes to the woods. But soon after that, what I actually am curious about is the way um, Rice Boy describes himself. Yeah. He doesn't have a brother or a sister or parents. Yep. He thinks. Yep. <laughs> which is interesting to give our intrepid hero. And he uh, he doesn't believe in revenge. Does he say that? Oh, yeah. right, because Garon, uh, yeah, Garon is trying to talk about avenging his brother, and he says, mm -hmm. what? Why would you do that? Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, I guess it's more specifically the death. I just don't, I just don't think it has to die, is what he says. Mm. For you would be in what page sixty-two. Then you see the pouch full of berries in the map. Just fun. They got yelled at for eating the berries earlier. <laughs> Karen got sick. Mm. Oh no, that's not yet. You know? No, oh, that's funny. It's it's tough when you reread it and have to recall it all. I always get them all mixed up uh -huh. and jumbled. Uh huh. But more or less, our protagonist says no siblings, no parents, no arms, no legs. Looks like a grain of rice. Lives in a stump. Clearly not a threat. Right? Yep. <laughs> uh, so they find rest in the Dorlish woods on their way to a tree maiden, a tree lady, tree keeper. That's tree keeper. the words. I don't think they know that yet. I think they're just sent to the Dorlish woods to talk to someone. I thought they were sent to the tree keeper because mm. Toe is telling them about who might know more. Sure. And it's within the Dorlish woods that someone might know more. Yeah. Because then they get on like a MacGuffin. Like, hey, you know this person? They know stuff. Oh, hey, you know this person? They know stuff. Right. Uh, so they're on their way to their first person who might know stuff. And I think... Huh. It's kind of hard to see, but on page 63, as they look over the rock canopy, it's right before it changes scenes to toe again. I think there's a smokestack behind the trees. It's just a single black line. In uh, which page now? 59? Uh, page, for you, would be 64. Three? Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Exactly that. In this page? Yeah. Oh, you know what? You might not have a good light for it. Here, this is what I'm looking at. That little thing right there. Oh. Look I know. That. It's super important to everything. Actually, yeah, I see it. Hmm. Huh. I think it's, it's a good photo, though. It shows how lost they are. Yeah. I like, the coloring is always bold and divisive. I like the colors. Yeah. A lot. It doesn't necessarily blend. Everything is a color. Yeah. It's not a gradient, you know? Yeah. But then we get to see... Scene change. Toe. Yeah. Toes, uh, toes come into a bright pink lake pond, rather. Uh, across a rickety pier to one small stone looks like a headstone with one pink circle and it he says uh calabash is dead mm -hmm. and the response i killed him and there's no text bubble it is just oh, it is just that's, yep in the air it's it, god isn't speaking a text bubble it's like, almost like god is mm. in this sense that's, and um, okay. I, this is the quote I wrote is, he refused to continue his task. Yeah. So Toe's talking to Rice Boy about him and Calabash being uh, searchers. searchers. See, I want to say seeker. That's that's uh, Harry Potter, isn't it? Uh, yeah, for Quidditch or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're also a seeker in Horizon. What's a seeker in Horizon? Oh, one of it's, the tech beasts? No, you're um, like high on the tribal hierarchy to go mm. out into the world outside of your own tribe mm. in order to learn and save people. Mm. You're a seeker. Cool. So um, being tasked as a searcher, Toe and Calabash were granted immortality, essentially. Mm -hmm. They can't die as mm. long as they're doing the task that they've been given. Um, and here we find out that Cal gave up. And so God said, all right, cool, your or immortality is gone, which means, mm -hmm. you know, Toe's kind of stuck. 
he's kind of stuck in that position of having to do this job for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's funny is I didn't even realize this till you said this. I always thought it was his own inner monologue, and he was yelling at himself. Oh, I killed him. I thought so. Like back and forth. Whoa. Yeah, he refused to continue his task because they he, they argued in the bar already about not agreeing with each other. Yeah, and. Yeah, he was like, "Well, maybe I'm be to be commended for what I've been, what I'm oh, doing." Oh, that changes this whole conversation. Yeah, because he f- has been struggling with it mentally, and which is interesting, as they begin much later in the book talking about the lore of Overside. More or less, they do have a creation story. God created the world of Overside, supported by three main pillars mm-hmm. of space, time, and mind, and the prophecy itself is to fulfill the tower uh, of mind, the pillar of mind that had been lost to the underside, buried for a long time. And knowing that now, reading through this again here, I always thought he was losing his mind. I see. Um, at this point, I think that that reads, it reads both ways. I, mm-hmm. I do see it. The only reason I would suggest it's God is because later God revives. True. So... Yeah. At his feet. Well, and looking at it from your perspective, too, the way that they put the text by the tombstones in yeah. the photos. Yeah. They have it on the left of the tombstone it's as like it faces to the right towards toe. Mm-hmm. And then two frames thereafter, it's right above the tombstone as it is, again, facing toe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is the most emotion we've gotten out of toe. And it's probably the most emotion we get out of toe for most of the story. I would say so, yeah. He said he loved Cal. Mm-hmm. And he said, you, you, you're a machine. You don't love. Yeah. And he's like, and then he has a little bit of a meltdown. Says, I just want it to end. And then, dun, dun, dun. I can end it for you, buddy. <laughs> Golgo shows up. Yeah. But Which, only oh. for the money. <laughs> Plot twist. Like, honestly, I thought, so more or less, Golgo shows up. And they have a solid five pages mm. i'm sorry where is it nine pages oh yeah to fight between of combat yep toe and golgo yeah i thought that was epic oh it's so good and he ta- and and toe takes off his uh his jacket and he kind of looks like a buff lean right like bot I'm yeah like, damn got- toe <laughs> <laughs> he's got that weird necklace on you don't know what it's for yet yeah but they have nine pages. I counted because I was like, shit, this is a lot without text and everything. Yeah. Um, that's actually after they introduce a character because they show Google show up. It's like, only for the money. And then they do a quick sign. I totally skipped. I got excited. It's interesting how they jump around from story to story. I actually very... liked that. I felt like it helps the story yeah. move along pretty quickly. I think it does. And then you're excited to come back to a line. Exactly. Like it stops. You're like, oh, no, I want to get back to that They fight. did that really well. Yeah. Uh, Really well. The one that does introduce right before that nine-page fight is a whole five pages to introduce a very unique character, the Tree Keeper. Uh, it starts off with a trunk, and it looks kind of fancy. There's, like, green emerald curtains on a gold-trimmed window. And it's just walking. And then it shows Rice Boy waking up. And it shows the tree going forward. Then it shows it at the fire pace. And then it shows this curtain slowly open. And this lady thing walks out. And it's a very interesting looking figure. And this is the type of subtle soft world building that I love. It's just that there's always something mystical or fantastical. 
they this person who just emits from the tree grows a tree out of their hand like just directly from their palm uh it immediately dies and is lit on fire and it's used to light a pipe yeah <laughs> and that's it but like that type of detail on yeah. what the people are capable of and no one says whoa that was cool it just is it's like whoa how'd you story. do that yeah and the story keeps going yeah exactly it's just yeah. it. it's a very fantastical world with things like that and they say evening and then that's it we're introduced to that person uh let's see what do they talk about uh it ends up being calabash's niece which i thought was an interesting uh yeah they do they look do they do look the same like similar in body and in Mm -hmm. like their uh their profile a little bit yeah oh it's the ears i never Mm -hmm. even thought about that before but i don't think we actually get her name i think it's his his name? I called them a they for a little bit until it's said, and then I'm pretty sure they yeah. say it. I keep not knowing. They have very red, voluptuous lips, uh, painted no- toes and fingernails in an emerald color and a fancy tree. They talk rather, I guess, I don't know, flirtatiously. It seems that way to me. Maybe I'm putting too much onto it, but it could be too. No, I felt, I, felt, I felt it was a little, like there was a little sensuality to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come into my carriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little darling. Words like that make me think that it's very enduring. Woman. Yeah. yeah. I don't have that yet. More lash calls Rice Boy go away. You don't even really know where at this time. Mm-hmm. And then we immediately, they, after introducing that, having Rice Boy get another jump with like an interruption of story, they come back to Toe and Golgo again. And he calls him Angel Eye, and he goes, it's Golgo now. Yeah, Angel oh, Eye. One name is as good as another. Years and years, I. But I never doubted it would end like this. Mm-hmm. Fight! And we never get the story of Angel Eye. You know what I mean? Like, we know nothing about Angel Eye, only Golgo. Yeah. Which is cool, because I remember when I read Order of Tales, you see Golgo show up once. And he's drinking the black stuff, mm-hmm. which is even more cool now to look back at it. Well, essentially, Golgo uh, f- defeats Toe, and mm-hmm. as Toe is dying, he recalls the story of the avatars. Mm-hmm. God alone crafted the great disc, which has, which was to become our world. God alone started this disc's clock and filled our minds, and God made three aspects of God's self to guard and control the disc as God departed. Three avatars, an avatar of space, an avatar of time, an avatar of mind. God hid these avatars across God's great disc, never to be found corrupted or destroyed. They took the forms of three beautiful pillars. For ages these avatars held God's discs in space, but one has now disappeared. Beep! And he's gone. All this while Golgo's cleaning off his knife, brushing himself off from the fight, and then walks away across the pink pond. Mm. And then a splash of Toad dead. Yeah. That actually felt like there was actually some weight to the deaths in this story. I was like, oh, characters can die. I mm. kind of expected it to be a little more lighthearted up mm-hmm. until this point. Mm-hmm. And then there was murder. Oh, oh yeah. well, and Cal died too, but I thought, you know, that was unsure up till that point that mm-hmm. God had killed him for quitting. Yeah. But 
yeah, then it feels like there's some weight to the death. Like, oh, yeah. shoot, somebody could actually just disappear. Yeah, I was so shocked when I saw Toad dead because I first saw him in Order of Tales. Like, oh, my God, I love this guy. Yeah. First book. This is the end of the first book, by the way. Yeah, this is the first. Dead. In the first 90 pages. Yeah, the first. Like, I think they split it up into five installations if you go onto the website, but the book itself is just the whole thing, which is really, oh, oh, nice. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah. They end up killing him off. Just boom. A very bright and pink and a dead toe at our feet. Damn. Yep. End book one. End book one. Uh, second book begins. You got Garand and Rice Boy now in the trees. And Rice Boy is with Garand? I guess, yeah. Yeah, so he was with him when the tree keeper shows up because yep. he was sick from the berries and yep. they stopped to make camp. And he said uh, he'll be fine in the morning. Yeah. Like, but what's interesting is that Rice Boy's with him again because the last time we see him is that there is so much for you to see, little darling, and they leave the trunk. And then suddenly, boom, they both wake up together. Oh. I just I see. I, yeah, yeah. Reading through he that, wasn't, yeah. He wasn't there at the, at the mm -hmm. last time we saw. But, I, yeah, I think that's irrelevant literally the next thing because then... Um, I think that could also be some of the fantasy of the story. Oh, perhaps. Like, was it just a dream? Well... Tree Keeper's in the next scene. Sure. But just oh. like, you're there now. Sure, sure. Yeah. I guess more how did Garun get there is the biggest Where you thing. are, there you will be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even to add to like the character of Garun, he's like, psst, rice boy. Rice boy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? Yeah, that's really cute. Let's see. What do I have next written down? 89. On page 89, you have the Tree Keeper brings Rice Boy to the heart of the woods. And you have a very interesting um, imagery change from yep. the beautiful light-colored woods, a lot of beautiful characters, to actually very dark, shadowy imagery. And this is another thing I actually really like. Similar to how they grew the tree out of the hand, they have a leaf key that yeah. goes out of the tip of their finger. I put a note on that as well. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, but they And then um, mm. keep, they say, keep it secret. Do, keep it secret. What do they? they just say, keep it secret. Oh, but keep it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just makes me to trust any, you. Any, so I will. Anytime well. I can uh, fit in a Lord of the Rings reference. Oh, of course. <laughs> Ooh, down to the tunnel in the cave. She begins to speak more about the prophecy to find the third pillar. And if, then the prophecy apparently was written by an ancient character known as Ridram, who has written down the massive scripts and cursive notation of this prophecy to be fulfilled. Uh, but no one can read it. But no one can read it. <laughs> so the tree seek keeper tells you to seek Scorch, a person who lives in a faraway town, of course. Did you ever notice on this scroll of the prophecy, the um, the pictures on either side? It's the headstone. Mm. Not, the, not the one that we see Toe talk to. Right. I know what you're talking about. But at a later time. Mm -hmm. I was wondering... It looks similar to the way they depict stories in the Order of Tales. Yeah. Which I actually thought was really cool. Yeah. With the Order of Tales, it's about the story of storytellers. They're called tellers. And once in a while, uh, the main protagonist of the Order of Tales has to tell a story to their friends in order to inform them of some mystical knowledge or some mystical location. And they will give you an actual text version of that story. And it's a beautiful scroll, just like it's depicted here. On um, the webcomic, it's 95, so I guess in the book it's 94 or 99. 
This is 99 for me. Oh. Nah. Now that I have a book the book break. Oh, because you had a book changed, break. changed again. Yeah, uh, are you referring to the scroll page? Yeah, I'm referring to the scroll page. So it's further. It's uh, 101. Now we're six pages off? Yep. Okay. Well. All good. It is so. But it's like, yeah, I like the way the scroll is pulled out of the center of the trunk. Little stuff like that. It's got a little light on it. Yeah, the next thing I actually wrote down was on page 99. She begins, the tree keeper speaks more of the prophecy. Sorry, I'm sorry that I can't offer much help. I suggest you seek someone wiser than I. Referring to, um, they say his name? Scorch? Yeah. Oh, There's a wise man named Parad who lives in the Red Mountains of Scorch. Fulfiller or no, he can guide you, give you guidance. Now come along, boy. We'll have you on your way soon. And on goes Rice Boy. On goes Rice Boy. Scene change. This is what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. This is even weirder to me. I like this. I, I like it, but it's like got a weird Sauron, what the heck vibe. Yeah, I was thinking more like, uh, what's... Uh, What's the word for it? For like Cthulhu-esque stuff. There's a name for that. Eldritch? Cyclopean? Cyclidian? Lovecraftian? No. There's a term for it, but I don't know it. No. I mean, Lovecraftian works. It's Lovecraftian-esque. It's an Um, obelisk. Yeah. A monolith. So where Toe died in that pink lake, Mm -hmm. the stone just starts to crack and crumble, and from it rises this giant one-eyed thing it's very uh it almost looks like a squid head but like a longer body and then no tentacles i could see the squid head yeah yeah and then it speaks cute and it speaks one symbol it's a symbol that i don't think shows up in there yeah okay i honestly at first glance it looks like the whistle of the bird it's very similar oh not quite the whistle of the bird but it speaks this one symbol, and uh, while holding toe in a hand that also emerged from the pink lake, the pink mm-hmm. goo, mm-hmm. and beep, toe is alive. Wow. Staticky. Yeah. It's implied. <laughs> it's nah, strongly yeah. implied. Yeah, I'm just teasing. Um, this is a cool image of the uh, landscape when Golgo's kind of just bouncing around. It looks like Mushroom Kingdom a little bit, yep. but old. But old. Like if Mushroom King, Kingdom fell and, mm. and mossed over. and Yeah. When I first saw this image on Webcomic 102, I thought that the black things were eyes and it was sitting on like a rocky mountain, like of a head. Uh, it looked like it was a forgotten golem or something. This? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it is. I, t- I think that's intentional to be like a oh, actually, image yeah. of, of faces. Oh, gosh, yeah. If you look even further, yeah. a lot of the, the little diglets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Golgo has a conversation with Dolly at the at the fire, and she gives him shit for drinking this mm-hmm. this black liquid, and yep. says that it's turning him evil, mm-hmm. and he's basically just not having it. Says Packer things we got to go, and she's like, yeah. "I think you're evil. I don't really want to do what you're doing." And he says, "Fine, get that, get out of here." Yeah. Well, at, at that point, doesn't she also learn too that he had killed Toe? And now I thought it was like the selling point, like. Like, hey, you killed Toe. I don't want to do this anymore. You are evil. You killed him? Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so she says, nah, bruh. So, She's like, ever since you've been drinking that black stuff, you're not the same. So Golgo's drinking some black liquid that he keeps in a flask. All bad kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the next thing I have, 
I guess not sound of like too significant. I took a lot of notes on imagery because I'm also I'm just in love with the way it looks. Honestly, yeah. the aesthetics are so pretty. There's magic flowers from hippos on page one thirteen. This is after we're coming. the dogs. Yeah, the, the, the hippo dog. Things. I call them hippos. They could easily be a hippo. I could see them as dogs. They're not a real thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're not. Who knows? You're right. I'm right. We're all right. Oh gosh. <laughs> is, uh, we go back to Garand and we go back to Rice Boy in the woods. And more or less, they're being ventured again to go to Scorch. And they're like, here, for your troubles. And, like, there's these weird mystical talking hippos that speak, like, uh, in riddles almost. Not that they are riddles, but the way they speak kind of bounces back off of each other. Like, uh, if you're at a maze where one door lies and one door tells the truth, how do you get across? One of us tells only lies. The other tells nothing but the truth. (laughs) Yeah. It felt like that, but it's not like they're trying to trick you or anything it just reminded me of that like from labyrinth <laughs> or something mm-hmm. but they stick out their tongues and there's these cute little nubbin flowers that they eat which i don't even think they do much for them do they the flowers will show you the way through the thick southern border of the wood i see you will travel quickly to this destination before the effects of the flower vanishes and so, then he, oh and to quote rice boy he calls them magic things they're not dogs hippos or whatever. They're just yeah. magic things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird then. Do you think that the trippy place that shows up after is like all in their head? This. This. With the gate. I think they made it out of the wood. You think so? I think, yeah. I think that's them exiting. Hmm. Although, because of what happens to them in that area, maybe they did get lost. Maybe. Because that's where they're in the darkness and they get split up and yep. Garen fights a couple of baddies and loses his horn and Rice Boy gets taken by the penis face guy. Yep. <laughs> hmm. But they do another. They could have. It could have. It could have been that they got lost. Yeah. Uh, there was a quite a few moments. You might have said it earlier where I thought that they were dreaming or like it, they're gonna wake up because it just seems so much different than where they just were. Yeah. Which was really cool. I like that about this. Both these stories are like that. Mm. Even though this one in black and white doesn't do as much justice because mm. it's still the same color palette. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what color does for the rice boy is it really changes yeah. the dynamic between your scenes. I would be curious to see what Order of Tales would be like if it had color. But I'll say I'd never thought, felt lost or like I'm somewhere I shouldn't be in Order of Tales. Sure. Like, it all flowed really well, whereas this is a lot more like... Well, if I tie it to the, the prophecy, it seems like the pillar of the mind is not present. And the, th- the thoughts, the memories themselves get quite lost. Ah, nice. Yeah, so the so it is all a little bit of uh, messing with your mind. Yeah. Cool. Because this next part, they, well, it doesn't go directly to this. They stop at the gate. They change scenes again on us. Yeah. So moving after web page 117, you meet one of Toe's other friends. And apparently Dolly recovered Toe yep. in that time. I don't think we ever sh- got shown Dolly recovered Off Toe. Off camera. Um, but nonetheless, it's what's happening. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And we meet this individual. Do they introduce the name? Gnosis. Gnosis. Kenosis? Ken- yeah. K-N-O-S-U-S. S-U-S. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting little uh, rabbit hermit on the side more or less heals toe to most of its capacity and we learn that he's been poisoned by his own poison. by his own poison and then which is funny because at this point 
Toe is just becoming super cynical, doesn't believe in the prophecy, is about to give up, all that shit. It's like, what am I doing? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, where does, does he have a moment where he's like, hey, I want to do something? Um, this is where he tar- starts to talk about the trees of thought. That's the, tr- the trees of thought? Mm-hmm. Yes, the trees of thought. The one, the the, the, oh, sorry. The trees of thought are the trees that grow the fruit that fills your the holes in the heads of the people. Oh, I didn't realize those were the trees. But there are multiple cities that have trees with the same fruit. Got it. I did not know. Same strain of tree, I guess. Okay. But they don't give us the origin of that. They just mention that Toad now is on his own quest. Mm -hmm. Rice Boy's on a quest. Gull goes on a quest. Mm -hmm. Spatch is on a quest. Toad's on a quest to find the trees of thought. Or a tree of thought. Because the fruit will cure him, essentially. I see. I honestly missed that. I thought someone... I thought Black Teeth knew the cure, and that's why they were going to go there. Oh. But I think Black Teeth was actually a detour. Because that, that's where all the robots are. Yeah, that's the machine Because then he meets um, Marquine. Marquine? Marquine. 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 <laughs> <laughs> There's an accent above the eye. Accent egg. So his name is Marquine. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. He's another robot man. Not a TV head. Looks like he's a, a night dude. Um, but the it, the one comment that I like about this interaction uh, is the symbol. He talks about the symbol of the scene, a very rare symbol, not to be seen, mm-hmm. more or less. And we don't know what that means at all. Oh, wait. I want to back up for just a second. Yeah. Um, Gnosis plants the seed, and he says one year. Come back in a year. Do you remember that? No. Uh, in this conversation, when he first is introduced, he plants something. Does he physically plant something? So the it op- the scene opens with him taking a seed out of a box, and then oh, okay. I just wrote one twenty eight. Oh, to, I see. Twenty eight to twenty nine. Yep. On my page one twenty eight, I see Gnosis plant a seed and say a year or so, friend. Yes. Okay. What's, I guess yeah, I actually missed that. Detail. I don't think that tr- I don't think we ever come back to that in this book. That tr- that seed. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, because I forgot about it. Yeah, I don't think it comes up. The next thing of note that I have actually written down, I thought that the the cube horse. Awesome. Love the cube horse. Sweet idea. Uh, yeah. You pull a cube out, and then an am- amorphous liquid comes out into the form of the rest of a horse with a long, spindly tail and more, uh, donkey like or I guess stout horse like legs. But it's got a cube it. head. No yeah. he- no horse head. Yeah, it's a machine man horse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I jumped you a little bit. It is after they show up to the gate okay. uh, of, or to go to Black Teeth. Or after McQuan. McQuan. Yeah. They are, Dolly, Toe, and McQuan all get on their cube horse. Which what has a, a name. I don't remember what, what it is. What a sentence. Does it? The, the cube horse? Yeah. Oh, uh, Corpum. K-O-R-P-U-M. Yeah. Okay. Everything's got a name. Of course. Love it. We don't get that for another uh, 20 pages, though. Yeah. The name of it, at least. So they are on their way to heal Toe, who is with this poison. Kind of cool. He's about to die officially, finally, after 3,000 years with his own blood or poison. And we have our strange shaman dude plant a seed for the one year's time. Which now I'm so curious what the hell... Or when the hell? How do you? Where do you? Yeah. Hmm. 
So this sequence of Rice Boy in this darkness. Yeah. He's looking for Gurun, and he's gone, and yep. he has to go through a gate that has a couple of weird circles. The color is completely purple. There's, yeah, it's all different. monochromatic. Yeah, lots of machines, and then yeah, weird. I I now that you're uh you've talked about the theory of mind being gone and some of these things maybe not being so reality after all, I really wonder if if this can be taken at face value. Hmm. And then, of course, my favorite guy, this guy right here. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's just kind of got a schlong hanging off his nose. Well, and it's he a, actually has a real schlong, too. Thing. Oh, he does! I didn't even know <laughs> that! Attention to detail. <laughs> well, when he first gets in this area, I always thought it was weird, uh, like a nightmarish place. Yeah. Because they have text bubbles, right? But it's just squiggling lines. Yeah. I thought that that was him incapably, mm-hmm. incapable of speaking. That's what I thought. But... If it is, say, reality, he also is crying. It could be him whimpering. Yeah. Which I sure. thought was also valid. Yeah. But it's, yeah, because we don't, do we see Garand at all? Not yet. No, we see him in a similar place to this, but in, not. In the not, same place, but at a different time. It's Yeah. So they're both go through this separately, but together. So we see them reach the gates. Yeah. They both get to the gates at the same time and suddenly lose each other. Yeah. In this weird hellish landscape. Yeah. Which is why, you know, dream state or losing your mind a little or the flower they ate wore off and they thought they were where they weren't or something. Right. Yeah. Because did, did the hippos mention anything about... They said you must get out of the forest before it wears off. Mm. So there is a possibility that that's what happened, but then it's just... It's, you have to just interpret that yourself. The scene that shows this gate passage next to the forest, it's all, like, amorphously blended it's not like there's not a transition terrain yeah you know yeah if that makes sense yeah hmm but now you got rice boy getting catapulted on by these uh eyeball spiky hair dudes yeah it's pretty great um if i may skip us a little bit um we get the origin of toe's brother um and why toe's where Toe's motivation comes from. He talks about over 3,000 years ago. Oh, yes. Um, that they left the machines, the Black Teeth, the city of the machine men. Um, and he's he's recalling him and Calabash uh, coming to find themselves as... Uh, crap, I keep forgetting. Searchers? Searchers. Searchers. <laughs> uh mm. Because he's also trying to avenge his own brother. Yep. Yeah. Are you talking about, let's see, this page here? Just a quick little synopsis yes. of his brother? Yep. Yeah. I think they go more in depth later, too, but it shows them more or less leaving Black Teeth, the house, the home of the machine men. Yeah. Honestly, the next thing I have written down of note, like you have that interaction with um, Rice Boy and the penis hippo elephant thing. Yeah. But then... Um, on page 153 for me, so a little later for you, it's ta- I'm talking about Golgo going to get more of his black drink. Yeah. I think that's ended up being a good significant point because you have a really weird relationship now. Olga. With Olga, who's very interestingly... She's kind of hot. Character. Uh, would that <laughs> be the word? She's kind of hot. It, Look at the head. Berg- mm. It looks like... It's like a worm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay you it's can like call, an earth you can call it hot like Scott. a curvy earthworm <laughs> you, never, you never thought about what an earthworm would look like with some curves no <laughs> come on 
Oh. <laughs> we even get a sex scene out of it. It's like it's, it's one panel. It doesn't count. It's a sex scene. Okay. Well, <laughs> she does warn him again of the black drink. What's it say? It'll turn you into something you don't even recognize. Yep. Which and ties in a dolly warning him that he's becoming something different. Yeah. Because they also talk with the prophecy of how the one electronic is changing. And, um, yeah, sorry, I'm losing my thought. The next thing I have out of the black drink was Garand in that Lost World. So Rice Boy is in the Lost World, right? And I think it's a nightmare. Garand ended up showing up on page, webpage 153. And there's this really creepy, six-legged, almost eldritch Lovecraftian horror individual with a gaping maw of teeth. And it just says in scribbled letters, give. Like, you have to feed it. And it, it's fucking hands are nailed into the ground with giant spikes. It's almost like it's freaking, you know, trapped there. But they refer to it as Father Dimmon. I don't know. Very scary thing. It makes me think it's more of a nightmare. Eventually, they show that they found Garand. Uh, our favorite rock horn individual and he's offered to him and the thing says break and suddenly as they start to break Garen's horn he like goes into beast mode he whips around he gets out untangled he stabs the guy with his other horn and he gets free like dude Garen can fight like you don't expect it right away but he breaks away from these people really really well actually and the monster gets mad, screams at him, no. There's a nice panel of Garen standing with everybody, like, broken and untying from below. And he's just like, I ain't having this shit. Eyes are angry. He's now broken his horn. And he walks away from this weird, creepy monster with his hands nailed into the ground. <laughs> but after he walks away, um, there's an interesting speech from a tower, which I didn't even... Does this say where it comes from? Oh, it comes from our, our elephant man. That the dreams of machine men and trees and rivers are strange dreams indeed. Yeah. Again, referencing something of the mind. Yeah. What does a machine man dream? But what he speaks this as he's holding Rice Boy. Yeah. And he says, Parad, why do you speak the name Parad? Yep. Like, it's like as if he's into his mind as he's holding him not necessarily he's in a dream world so it's a lot of really interesting ambiguity there yeah and then just a drop of water falling off a leaf onto rice boy's head as he wakes up under a flower yeah and And, oh look he's no longer (laughs) exactly they're no longer in the crazy place and they're about to go oh he got to wetting Woo! yay rice boy you did it yeah so that was a really trippy interest area i always thought they were just dreaming even reading through it again it's like this isn't their reality this is just them i don't know maybe it could be a space between reality i could see it being an actual thing because they do have like the pillars Mm -hmm. depicted at the edge of the area well and like and when we see gurund later in the story his horn's still gone yep that's good point and he did physically interact that's good but like what type of reality is it is it still within can you have that like, type of reality exist in your like dreams? Like, would someone outside of that, out, like, right at the edge of the Dorlish Wood looking in that direction, would they have seen that interaction? Mm. Or do you, like, almost step through, like, a barrier into this world? That's a good point. I don't know. Hmm. Skip forward to Spatch. It's not yeah. actually Spatch, is it? 
Uh, it is the... Or is it a spatch uh, worker? Guard. It's a spatch worker, but they die. More or less, they end up meeting with Doll, speaking with Dolly about being bounced on. So you get pounced on by some frog dude. And Dolly's like, oh no, they're after us. And he, ba Dolly basically spills the beans on Spatch. Mm -hmm. Hey, Spatch is coming for you. Yeah. He needs to kill the fulfillers. And he's and, coming and after you. Gets a little hero moment. Yeah, so now Dolly's like officially on our side, and they kind of trust her even more so now. Yeah. Even though, um, yeah. Let's see. Words. They kind of have a little spout. They have, uh, they have a little crying fit from Dolly about whether or not they actually had to kill him. Yeah. And then uh, Toe uses some lightning powers. Is this the first time we see his lightning power? I think so. It's actually pretty cool. To, I didn't to know silence. he used it in the fight. Oh, you're right. With, you're right. With Golgo earlier. But he uses it to silence McQuang. Yeah. But they ha they now learn of the frog people. Dolly kind of helps that out. Uh, but then moving forward is, no, we come back to Rice Boy in Wetton. Wheaton? Wetton? You get a lot more of this cursive script. Yep. What I thought is really cool is this tree. It's one that Toe referenced as like the whole tree. H-W-H-O-L-E. Mm-hmm. And it's an old language spoken by tiny people. Little trills. Yeah, which I thought was which really Which we get cool. a zoo. This, I love, like you said, the imagery in the story. I think some of the strengths, the biggest strengths of this book are how much storytelling is done without text. Exactly. It's, all, it's always so hard, hard for me to formulate it because a lot of it is literally just a beautiful photo. Mm -hmm. And it can tell you a lot. Like we have Zooms in on the tree bark. Exactly. Zooms in on the little grains within the tree bark. And there's a freaking river that a trill's fishing. Dude's just chilling. Mm -hmm. He and looks it, up and sees Rice Boy, and he says, circle, half circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tiny, tiny people, old language. I think, do they refer to this as an old language already? I'm trying to remember. I don't know if they do here, or maybe if it's implied when okay. the tree keeper is telling him about the language. Maybe. And maybe you're just supposed to I think that. when the tree keeper is speaking with him, he's like, it's an old language forgotten. You'll have to go here to learn more about it. Yeah. But we don't know much, probably much more. A lot of it's pretty ambiguous. The next thing I have of note is, for me, 179. Let me get that there for you. For me, it'd be 185. Oh, it's speaking of the trees. Yep. Suntown and the holes in the wholeness fruit. Yeah. What do mm -hmm. they call the tree of something? The tree of, trees of thought. Tree of thought. Oh, these are the trees of thoughts you forgot. Yes. Or told me about that I forgot about. Yeah, and this one was milked a little too heavily by its people. Yeah. And it caused a war where they had to go invade another town to get their tree of thought. All right. Battle ensues. Hmm. Burn the tree down. And now this tree is n supposedly the last of its kind, but also bears no fruit. Mm -hmm. And isn't this where trill people live? I, did, I kind of miss, lost the importance of this story. I feel like the trill people are so uh, large in population and scattered because they also live later in a bottle on a guy's head mm -hmm. where, rice, where Rice Boy gets dropped in. Yep, That's where he actually gets shrunk down there's a guy size. who goes to see spatch and there's another guy with a different bottle both of which have trill populations inside yeah so trills are everywhere and anywhere hmm. all at once <laughs> yeah i thought it was an interesting story it talks about being filled this is parod right the the purple guy that is not parod oh i don't know do, who that do we get this name maybe uh, not uh just a person maybe they they it helped 
uh, Rice Boy get introduced to Wayton and yeah. the Trill people. Yep. Because Parod is the dude. Wait for it. The dude with the red mask. Oh, yep. You're right. You're right. Mm -hmm. In Scorch. In Scorch. Right now, this is Wetton, where the Trill people live. And the person fishing on the river sees Rice Boy and then goes down to show other Trill people that Rice Boy is here. Draws a picture of him, starts speaking more circle languages. And yeah, it's, that's just a oh, really there's a third, there's a third, blip. there's a third tree of thought. There's one in Wetton, one in Suntown, which was burned when they invaded, and a third somewhere on a different continent. Oh, not even, not even told. Yeah. Hmm. 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 At this point, we're in book three. We're like over halfway. It's really interesting. But we get back to Dolly and Toe and Maquan. And I thought this was really cool. This goes into a part, again, with the mind and, like, memories and things like that. We go to a place called... Memoir. Memoir? Yeah, memoir. M-E-M-O-A-R. I just said memoir. Memoir? Which, memoir of the mind... Oh, sure. Could work. (laughs) But you can only enter because he has that mark of scene on his Mm -hmm. chest which is bared by toe. And so only he's the one allowed to enter. And that guy who has the seed that he planted mm-hmm. um, and said, come back in a year, mm-hmm. he has a book on his shelf that says S-E-E-N. Yes, I did notice that. Looking back a little at the details. So he knows something about the scene. Mm-hmm. But there's this, I thought this was really cool, right? So there's this page. Yeah. And you see uh, them on their horse overlooking a valley with a large dome and a, a man standing in front of it. You don't really know how big it is mm-hmm. in that first reference. But once you go to just a couple pages, one panel over, or one page, three panels, whatever, they're the size of his toe. Yeah. I thought that huh. was such a cool... Toe. <sighs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was a really cool scale. I agree. Um, and I like the way that they do that, yeah. for sure. Well, and who is this giant? Because in, in Order of Tales, the giants created all things. Uh, well, God created overside and underside with the three pillars supporting it. Are you saying that the, the giants... giants created the the world within at overside? Oh, so okay, like this okay. talks about how the giants made the trees and the giants oh, made the stars yep. and the giants made the yep. So I wonder, is this guy giant enough, or is he mm. then even smaller than the giants of old I don't time? No, it's a good point. Mm-hmm. I like that. I forgot about those stories about the creations of stuff. That's really cool. I like that lore. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm all about it. So this is the ancient garden of Mamor, and he needs the symbol of the scene to go inside. And he first seeks the flower of Rice Boy. Uh, the memories of Rice Boy are very interesting. Oh, we get a Rice Boy origin story. We get a Rice Boy origin story, which I, th- I was so excited for when I first read this, started reading this, because way in the beginning, yeah, I've got no siblings. I've got no parents. I got nobody. I got no legs, no arms. I'm a rice boy living in a stump. Mm-hmm. And here we see these weird, faceless, blobule people. Mm-hmm. And they cut their face off and give it to Rosemary. Shape, a, shape the top of rice boy's head and hand it over. Yeah. Name it and keep it safe. Bye. <laughs> so Rosemary, we met very briefly as like rice boy's friend at his stump that he lived in, gathering those little pop fluorescent fairy light flowers. Named him Rice Boy. Yeah. Rosemary and Rice Boy. It's cute. 
but that's it. That's really it. Given to Rosemary, its youth will be brief. Its roles will be important. Guard it well. You will return for it. And that's it. That's the entire memory, more or less, of Rice Boy's origin. So then Rosemary brings it to, I would presume, Overside. And... Oh. Get, receives it in Overside. You think so? Well, good question. It looks like these things traveled far and long. They travel oh, in a world. You know oh, because of this. Yes, I was just gonna say because the, the ladder, of that mystical ladder. Yeah, I which we'll about see that. later. But at this time in the story, you don't know that. As yeah. first time reader, you're not gonna hmm. put that together, which is pretty pretty dope when it comes up later. It is pretty dope when it comes. Up. Which I think the palace of the scene is soon, and I do really enjoy the visuals of that. So um, then, after seeing Rice Boy's memories, Toe gets his own memory flower, mm-hmm. and he watches his brother get taken by a bleach beast, yeah. which is how Garund lost his brother. So yep. there's a little connection between the characters and how they've lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't Did really you... see the little one die to the bleach beast. Correct. It's... it's Oh, wait. Yeah, never mind. No, it's brought away in his mouth. It does take him away in his mouth, I suppose. Yeah, I don't think he died. He doesn't eat them. Cause one, well, we'll get to it later. Again, I keep saying that, but the person who is in charge of the bleach beast mm-hmm. says it's not meant to kill. Right. That's actually a question I wrote down for later. Um, because mm-hmm. Garen finds that out when yeah, he goes to which actually I meet was so the bleach weird. beast, and it's like, oh, you know, I didn't, I don't, ki- I didn't kill him or something like that, or he, oh, he has served a different purpose, and then we get, that's what it was, and he's still there. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, but then we never hear about Toe's brother. What happened to him after the Bleach Beast took him? That's a good point. It's left unresolved. Yeah. Toe rips out his memory flower, super angry. Urgh. And then we uh, scene change to some douchebag with a flag. Honestly, irrelevant. <laughs> I don't yeah. care about him. Yeah, this this piece was like a like a plot driver. Yeah. I mean, he, he takes Rice Boy. Um, Rice Boy gets swallowed up by a lizard. The guy kills the lizard and says, well, you still got swallowed by a lizard on my land, so... You're uh, a traitor, and we're going to execute you. You basically have the Prince Charming Ditz who doesn't know anything but is brave and courageous enough to, like, move forward, but is dumb, so they don't actually know anything. Yeah. And their trusted squire ends up telling her, like, maybe we should uh, not do that. Yeah. And then they do that for, like, ten pages. Overall, it's kind of cute. It's kind of funny. They find Rice Boy and move him along a little bit further. But I didn't write any notes on this guy. All I wrote was that uh, that he was just a jerk that took Rice Boy on a different route yeah. for a His, time being. You know being. what, though? Now I'm looking back at it again. His squire looks like Humpty Dumpty. He does. <laughs> just straight up. He does. He's really smart, though. And it, he has the cutest little smile when uh, and his, they part ways. Yeah. But um, Then we get a textless, well, at least outside of Trill language, mm-hmm. textless couple of pages mm-hmm. on the Trills just picking some fruit. Having a little conversation with an apothecary or a brewer, making something with the fruit. And then we zoom out to show that these trill live within a bottle on this guy's head. Yeah. And this yeah. guy is in in a in a uh, council with Spatch, the king of Sunk. Spatch the second. Spatch the second. Yep. Hmm. Proposing something. Well, my friend, what do you think of my proposal? And essentially... I don't really understand this guy either. He was like evil and political, but like, I didn't know what he was doing for us. 
He's offering him um, money. Uh, he's offering army. him his army for a supply of philarmium, the mm. ore which can be found only in your swamps. Mm. So they seek the ore that. Spatch the second has within his kingdom, and in exchange, they'll give him an army for what's now referred to for the first time as a war that's coming. Yeah, war is coming. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, there's you don't really realize that like there's a big battle. True. As much as just kill Rice Boy. I felt like when the war came, it was sudden. Yeah. I yeah, but I guess it is being planned for right here on page ha- about two, halfway page halfway through the story. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I guess that that's a really good point because the way that Spatch wrote his, uh, um, what's it called, his will and testament, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was supposed to be a lot about keeping the kingdom forward and preventing any future fulfillers. I wonder if it included the tales of the pillars and the war for the third that was lost. Mm. Hmm. And so Spatch the second is trying to do his Spatch the first justice, build an army. Find the pillar. Yep. Be yeah. the ruler of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Be the ruler of everything. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Gogo shows up. He's, he complains that he didn't kill Toe. It's pretty great. Yep. And then they both leave. And then we get back to Douchebag McGee. Um... And he turns out to just also be even more dumb. He's like, oh, no, is this a test? Rice Boy, you're a fulfiller. You're, like, super powerful. Are you going to use magic on me? And Rice Boy's like, yes. Yeah. Yes, I will use magic on you. <laughs> I actually like this point because the entire time Rice Boy. Wizard uh, Rice Boy is pretty, like, go with the flow. Timid. Yeah. At this moment, he's like, I have shit to do. Mm-hmm. And he kind of does have a little bit of a change of character from what we usually see. A little more confidence. Douchebag. Yep. Which is pretty good. I am a mighty wizard from Magic Lands. Yeah. I am a great and terrible. I'm called Royce Boy. Free me or you will be destroyed. And they both like cower. Yeah. <laughs> like be serious. And he hasn't done anything to prove he's a wizard. He's just some idiot dog. Yeah. But, but he convinces fun. uh he, he convinces the guy to take him to back town to find this uh this mm-hmm. this parod, which he's been looking for for so long. Yeah, yeah. At this point he's been looking for Parod for a while. He's been the wait- waiting, and he's gotten stuck with this ro- this dude. What's he called? I don't even know. I don't his even name. think I wrote his name. But you have the vis- the trust advisor, Vizier, V I Z I E R. I never know how to say that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But he leads Rice Boy through, I believe, to Backtown, which is close to Scorch. This was the town I was thinking of originally that I couldn't find. Uh, page two forty this yeah that that little place mm. i guess yeah i guess you've scooped a little ahead of me but that's fine you said 240 i yeah they're four ahead of where i am i'm just okay. looking at this oh yeah okay yeah I, because our pages are different I'm yeah i'm only make... one page ahead then okay what i pointed okay. to cool 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 i thought back down looked kind of cool it's got like a bunch of little red stuff on it, it doesn't seem really like i don't know speckled yeah a little more back and forth with uh, Toa and Macron. Yeah. About uh, about who he is and mm-hmm. whether or not he's supposed to die. Mm-hmm. And then some frog people show up and try to kill him. Well, and at this point, uh, Toe is like a whole other stage in his mindset of like, well, I was going to die anyways. I'm ready for it. Because they were like, hey, you you got no time, dude. We got to get you to Black Teeth. We got to get you your cure. We got shit to do. He's like... Well, if I might die, so be it. But at the beginning of the story, he's like, 
We got to get this done. We got to find the fulfillers. And Calabash dies. Yeah. Oh, shit, my friend, what I'm going to do, yada, yada. And then he, he dies. And, and then he dies. And then. Yeah. Ugh. At this point, though, they have their brief discussion. Hey, Toe, we don't want you to die. We got to get going. The poison has put me closer than I have ever been to death. And you still want to keep me alive? 3,000 years. I have seen empires fall. I have seen my every friend die. You think I am frightened of death now? The poison was mine and it was meant for me alone. Yeah. So it's a little heart to heart. But then quickly, it's interrupted by the frog people. The Thatcher's army catches up to them. Hmm. It kind of gives him a realization. I think, yeah, what I write down here. Toe finds new purpose in stopping Spatch the second. I wrote down page 45. So they have a little ambush. The frogs come at them. Oh, shit. Kill them. Spatch will reward you. As, to, as the commander shouts to the rest of the frog people. McQuan picks up Dolly. They hike onto their cube horse. And uh, they escape across the trench, which apparently the frog people aren't allowed across. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why. No, it I was, think there was um, a reason. I think I it's because of the uh, the machine, machine men. Yeah, that's what um, I Because Toe says that there will never be a war fought in Black Teeth because the machine men are just too... Mm-hmm. No one's going to come at them. Yeah. Fabled to be too yeah. strong. No, that makes sense. Well, honestly, once you see them in the Order of Tales, oh, yeah. some of them are huge. Terrifying. Hey, oh. There's a little bit of horror in there. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. But they cross the, the chasm after escaping Spatch's frogmen. And let's see. The Fulfiller's War must be Spatch's first priority, Maquan. No war will be fought in the Black Teeth. Uh, and he re- Maquan responds with, where then? And he Toad responds, wherever the Iron Tower lies i believe they're referring to the lost third pillar which they don't know where it is wherever it is lain in secret for ages there will spatch to seek to fulfill a prophecy in his father's stead and kill all the others who try and then very simply he usually then comes to a realization i said i suppose i have a reason to live yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. in order to you know stop evil thatch spatch the second yeah he uses a little necklace key. They enter the machine men town, which I actually think is really cool. But we switch scenes again soon after where Rice Boy departs the douchebag. Yeah, Humpty Rice Dumpty. Boy wakes up and Humpty Dumpty helps him. Yeah. He's like, you you leave. I'll, I'll, I'll stall. You're yeah. fine. And uh, for me, it's this little page here. Yeah. Uh, just the subtlest little Humpty <laughs> smile I thought was really cute. Yeah. Because honestly, he's put up with the shit of yeah. that wolf for a long time yeah. without appreciation yeah and rice boy kind and courageous he is can notice that and it's like hey thank you and he's like oh thanks yeah i thought it was really heartwarming i agree so mm. rice boy uh leaves humpty dumpty yep and he comes to a well where there's three masked figures that look kind of cool they look a little uh miyazaki-esque um and he says could i have a bit of water and they're like no how can we be sure of what you would do with it? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I'll only drink it, I promise. <laughs> and then they say, you can't be trusted. He says, thanks anyway. He keeps walking. And then one of them follows him. And he says, are you following me? Says, no, I'm going where you're going. <laughs> oh, I see. Where will I go next? Into Scorch. But you say, but you will stay on the path, else the sand will burn you. Mm-hmm. And then we see an image of the uh, town they were in mm-hmm. and just one paved way Mm -hmm. through the desert um that you have to stay on Mm -hmm. 
and Rice Boy keeps walking. Just a little bit of water, just a little, and then he passes out. And the other masked figure walks into the mountains while Rice Boy's passed out on the path to Scorch. And that is the end of book four. Do you think there's any, like, significance to the biomes and what they represent? Because, like, they're very distinct lands. Are they just traveling east, east and it gets hotter? Mm. I always wondered that. Well, because they also traveled through that dream-type land. Mm -hmm. And then they got to the green, the big green pasture that mm -hmm. the douche McGee was in. Yeah. You, well, you start in a pretty bland, more brownish area with the stump in the beginning of the river. Mm -hmm. And then soon after... The Dorlish Wood's pretty colorful and lively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon after that, you get to the Dorlish Woods. Um, which is where you have a lot of conversations with the tree keeper about moving forward, where then right thereafter you get to the crazy place. Mm. I, this whole time they're having a swap between stories. Yeah. Whether it's Rice Boy and Garand, or it's the Toe and Dolly, or Golgo. Golgo. Uh, what interesting names. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it, though. That's the end of book four. Yep. Is Rice Boy passing out on this hot path right before the mountains. End of book three. End of book three. Sorry. Oh, I, I have book four as the start of the next one here. Yeah. Mm. Well, Toe finds new purpose, which I think is nice. Rice's boy is on his way to meet Parad, which is nice. Let's see. I think I have... Yeah. So then, then we start the book four, and we see our buddy Garen. Garen's back! through rocks. He's back, everybody. And he's looking for something to eat, and he finds the bleach beast. On accident. Just like that. Whoops. Which I thought was interesting. But, they, of course, they immediately cut away from it. They're not going to know what yeah. freaking happened with the bleach beast. Yep. But we then find Rice Boy again. Uh, not on the path, but instead in the mountains. Again, teleporting, it would seem. Like someone's just watching over him. Mm -hmm. And we meet this weird eyeball-looking thing. It just speaks. It doesn't speak. It's just gestures and gives them water, a whole bucket, which is funny looking at it now. The bucket has like trill speech on it. It does. I wonder if that just means water. Cool. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, Rice Boy sees that same masked figure that said, I'm just going where you're going. And he says, are you following me? And Rice <laughs> Boy says, no, I'm going where you are going. He says, I see. Where will I go next? And Rice Boy says, you will go to the home of Parad, the wise man who I have heard lives in the mountain. Mm -hmm. will i turns around i suppose i will so rice boy doesn't follow him he's just going to the same place <laughs> yeah and uh turns out removing the mask that uh it was parried the whole time what? whoa it's good to see you whoa come on in won't you <laughs> and then rice boy and garen get a reunion super happy yeah i found you really he cute. says and they give a hug it's a cute hug yeah what happened? Where'd you go? We got lost in the Lonely Island. Some monsters took my horn. Well, what we end up getting is a lot of beach, leech beast lore from Parod. The beast is passed down from one heir to the next, along with deep secrets of lore. Heirs of Ridrum, we are called, and I am the current one. And your brother Garund will succeed me. So Garund's brother lives for the bleach beast. Holy shit. And the bleach beast passes down lore of Ridrum, the creator of the prophecy. Uh... That's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. That is why he was stolen from you by my pet so young. My charming and smart boy is a is young infant. Uh, is he cut off or is that just infant? I, uh, well, I don't worry about it. But now I fear he knows too many of the deep secrets to return home. 
He is enjoying his apprenticeship, I assure you, guarding my little land from those who ought not be here and helping those who ought, which is, I like the way he speaks. Mm-hmm. But that's actually really cool with the beast, Bleach Beast lore is that the ancestors or the predecessors of Ridrom, the teller of the prophecy, all have Bleach Beast it's as all, their pet. It's all connected. Which is really interesting. Hmm. And so, uh, Parid takes Rice Boy into a, a chamber, a co- another color change, change in location. And Rice Boy looks down into this well that has a fish eating a snake. And that actually becomes very important uh, quite soon. Oh, that's all I got. Oh, okay. The next thing I had written down of note for me was um, we meet the trills. Or no, what do I have here? What page are we on? 217. Well, you have that weird um, fish eating a snake, and Parag gives a little bit of information on the trill language. We've alluded to it a little bit. It's shown in the Wetton village with the bottle people. It's a weird circular language, and it's just said it's spoken by tiny people. Trill folk, they are called, and the language is the trill tongue. Since the appearance of the Avatar of the Mind, they have slowly faded away. Because a mindless world cannot support the trills. Which is actually really interesting. Because they do refer to the um, the overside as the trillless overside. And the underside as the diseased underside. Which I thought was an interesting distinction. Like I don't remember exactly why it was diseased. And it doesn't really say why it's diseased or how it's diseased. Yeah. But that it's just, it's just different. Reference. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Well... Let me just read these panels. And so the avatars began to seek their missing third. This is the third pillar of mind that has been shattered or lost. They gave their prophecy to Ridram in their own language, the Trill folk, which he sought to all, uh, which he sought all his life to comprehend. They selected three searchers to live forever in the service of Ridram's prophecy, that they might find the one who could call forth the third. And then they waited for 3,000 <laughs> years. Oh, I wonder who our three searchers are. Yeah. But not everyone waited. In old age, Ridram began to understand the prophecy he had written. If you intend Rice Boy to be the fulfiller of Ridram's prophecy, your sacrifices have not come to an end. And more or less, he's like, hey, man, uh, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the prophecy is that the fulfiller must die. And it was just thrice, thrice transfigured. And in each new form, his own nature will be clearer to him. He will travel far and into places few have ever seen. He will finally reach the Iron Tower built long ago when the machine men ruled Overside, and a war will be fought, and the Fulfiller will be surmount will surmount the tower. And the sky will return will turn red, and the Avatar will return, and the Fulfiller will die. <laughs> die, mm-hmm. says Rice Boy. Yeah. And then the Bleach Beast says, "Parab, you gotta go." He says, okay, we got to go. And mm. Perrin's like, drink this. It's like, you gotta, you will meet the trills. Well, it's almost like he tricks him. Because he's like, hey, uh, this is important. Drink this. Doesn't really tell him why. And then suddenly he's shrunken down and put into the trill world. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool because then the next scenes that come to pass, he does learn the trill language. A little bit. It's like, he, is, it's like he feels it. Yeah. You don't learn the language, you know the language. Well, as he's con- um, conversating with these trill people, they all speak in circles. It's like when you're traveling in a foreign country. You kind of can communicate. There's a lot of gestures and perhaps tone you can infer. But at one point, 
Oh, where is it? One of his friends dies. There's two trill people living in this trill world. Rice Boy is there. And as they go through, one of the trill people dies. Mm. He's more or less trying to write frantically what Rice Boy must do. He's writing strange symbols and where is tiring him out to the point where he can't do much else. Mm -hmm. And so the other trill comes in and is speaking in a split half circle, which is like, oh shit. And in one moment, uh, Rice Boy repeats this split half circle. Mm -hmm. And immediately the other saddened trill heads pop his head pops off yeah and so i interpret that as like oh shit that word means death mm -hmm. or i want to kill you mm -hmm. or something or divide or sure i guess it could be divide but i uh, oh you know what that's actually a good point because it's also used to open doors mm -hmm. mm. and his head splits from his body ending something My changing brain. changing its physical state yeah for a while I'm sorry. well and following that rice boy speaks a whole circle and he grows back to normal size mm -hmm. i do see that super crazy yeah the important is that he learned a little bit of the emotional language of the trills uh as you move forward uh one of the the you learn to fulfill is die yada yada more river and prodigy and the stanchers army intercedes what page are we on now oh i'm behind on my notes i've just been reading and talking looking at you you look so pretty Hey. Hi. The next thing I have, we meet the trill, 287. Did or you ever try to interpret the circles? No. I wrote it down, but. I thought it'd be kind of cool if they were like, what if, what if it was a built language? Yeah. Mm. The next thing of significance I actually have is 326 for me. It's a lot later, but it like... talks about the significance of underside and overside. Mm. More or less after Rice Boy learns this language. He falls into the well where the fish eats the snake. And below that is a entrance into the temple of the scene. This, from my understanding, is like the library in Alexandria. Or the lost temple in Avatar that has the owl sage, which is thousands and thousands and thousands of books of lore and things like that. And it's super well decorated oh, and clean. Oh, so and, pretty. And like, yeah, it's almost like an indescribable place. Very, very pretty. You end up meeting, um, he uses his language to escape this room that he's placed in. More or less, the people uh, own the library are like, hey, uh, why are you here? Sure, okay, we'll put you in a room. Yeah. He uses the language to escape that room. Not necessarily he was like super trapped, but definitely people knew he didn't necessarily need to leave there. Finds the library where you got this like caterpillar octopus lady who's just reading a lot of stuff. She actually, There's as he finds her, as, as he finds her, she said she's just finished reading the entire library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so much ambiguity. It's hard to talk about because, again, it's a lot of imagery. But, like, we don't know why this king is here. We don't know what his purpose is. We know he's protecting the temple more or the, the library more or less. But we don't know how he feels about the dark side. We don't know if he's guarding people from going to the dark side. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have a special symbol to even get into this place. It's the symbol of the scene on the front of Toe's chest. Mm -hmm. So he's apparently been here and gotten that symbol. Otherwise, how else would he have have it? That's what's referenced by Maquan. But that kind of concludes the fourth book, just to zip through. And we basically come to the climax. The last bit, um, the librarian tells him that the Iron Tower is in the center of the Circle of the Sea. Yes. Because Rice Boy's like, I'm looking for the Iron Tower. And she goes, oh! <laughs> it's over here <laughs> yeah 
Which is where Toe said that the Spatch the Second would be. Yeah. And that's for the sake of the war that they've now been preparing for. Yeah. So and the they... final book is much, much of that war. There's actually oh, seven you... full pages. Rice Boy entering the underside? I did not talk about that. You want to So the it? end of the book four is Rice Boy running away from the from the guards I've seen. Because um, they caught him in the library and they're like, actually, you shouldn't be here. You got to go. And then he's running away from them into this chamber and he falls down this winding staircase through mm-hmm. a hole with a ladder that has some blue dots that we've seen before mm-hmm. um, when we saw Rice Boy's memories of his birth. And he ends up popping out the other side of from overside to underside, or at least you could assume so because now he's upright, but he fell down. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he's in this world and he sees essentially the people that birthed him. They're like, you've returned. We knew you'd return. And now you have to sacrifice yourself. Um, and they all cut their heads off. It's creepy, And make man. a bunch of rice boys. Yeah. And now hundreds of rice boys have to scale this mountain Well, frog people show up. Oh, no. Scene guards, I'm sorry. Scene guards show up. So they were either there or they followed them through the portal. I think they followed them through the portal. I bet that scene temple acts like uh, more of a, a barrier between the two sides. Right. For sure. Which is interesting because... One of the people who handles Rice Boy when they were in the scene temple, he's the one wearing the brown versus the blue. Mm. He's the one that the library speaks to. This is one of the fulfillers. The uh, the leader might wish to keep him here so as not to spread the lore, but he must fulfill the prophecy. Do not let him be stuck here. Mm-hmm. And the brown uh, clothed temple dweller uh, they don't have names. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, It's so hard to talk about them all because they don't have names or if they do have names, they're pretty weird names. Mm-hmm. Let's him go free. Fends right. off the blue-dressed people. So Rice Boy's scaling this mountain, and then he reaches a obelisk of sorts with an eye, mm-hmm. and it looks just like the the quote-unquote god mm-hmm. that revived Toe, but instead of pink, it's green. I bet it is the pillar of space. Sure. That would make there, sense. If there's three pillars, yep. one on the top side that Toe would visit, one on the underside that is now here, and then the third being the mind somewhere else now on to be found in Overside. Hmm. Would that mean the other one was, what, space, time, and mind? So time. Oh, and it gave them all the time they needed. Wow, nice. Boom. Connection, <laughs> connected. Um, well, this, this tower that Rice Boy reaches, he eventually reaches it. All the other Rice Boys that were created to act as decoys helped him get to the tower. He gets to the tower. The tower speaks, and... He's transported through space. Rice hmm. Boy is transported to a new location. We have actually seen now with our eyes a, a, a transport instead of Rice Boy just waking up in a new location. So maybe the space avatar was helping him all along. Whoa, that'd be cool. Like behind the scenes. I like that theory. Yeah. And he washes up on shore to see Toe, all garbed in like a cool white trench coat. Oh, it's, looking all, it's pretty look, bad. Looking all fancy. And that's end of book four. Right. That's the official end of book four. It's more like Toe has his redemption arc. He's now seen the new light. He's dressed in all white. Yeah. If I were to do a quick synopsis of the book five, they have a very epic battle. You have the Snatch show up. I took six notes on book five. Yeah. You have the Snatch people show up. (laughs) Snatch. (laughs) The Snatch army. (laughs) Spatch. Spatch. Oh, no. (laughs) You got to get that Snatch. Uh Uh-oh. Spatch. Ah, Coron. 
Macron. Macron meet Caron. Oh, man. Well, after Rice Boy wakes up, he says he still doesn't feel like a fulfiller. I thought that was like a lot of imposter syndrome there. Or mm. like fake it till you make it or yeah. something. Yeah. But what ends up being true, you see this in the final moments, you have the war. The tower is erected. Yeah, people book five are saving place somewhere. It's it's very fast paced. I found myself finishing book five way quicker than anyone else. It's also shorter. Is it shorter? It is like in actual length of pages, it's shorter than the other books. Oh sure. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Garen reunites with a brother who is now the successor to Perod and controller of the Beast Bleach Beast. They help Rice Boy find the tower. Spatch's army shows up. War ensues for nine full splash pages almost. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And those uh, demon beasts from the Oh, they from do the show, up. show up. Okay, okay. So They're part they of Spatch's army. Probably. He, like, employed them. Convinced uh, them somehow. Oh, that weird dude that had the other trill head mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. or something? Mm-hmm. Bet. Oh, that's his army. Maybe. Because nice. he was, yeah. Because he said, you can have my army if I get the fur filament yep. or whatever the Yep, exactly that. I, the next thing I have, yep, 382, they start war. Seven full pages of war off to 388, more or less. Let me count here. Oh, full splash pages. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. The the, the Horned people of Stone Palm show up and also aid in the battle. Uh, and right at the point where Spatch's army really shows up with Goggle and a lot of war ensues, you get a full splash like this with guns, lasers, and swords. All sorts of races clashing together over the pillar of the mind. Mm-hmm. And finally, you have Rice Boy use his trill speech. And he <laughs> divides mm-hmm. one of the spatch frog soldiers. Yeah. Which I thought he has was his a- arm raised and his arm gets cut off as well as his head. Yeah, everything like above a certain look point. Overside, underside. Overside, underside. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and he says to the frog people that his king's an imposter yep um actually there's a really good place that he speaks i wanted to read it battle ensues and they find a tower it erects from the ground Mm -hmm. and one of the leaders i think it's spatch a second in his adorned general outfit it says, you will not speak of Spatch like that. Oh, so it must not be the Spatch, the king, but it's one of Spatch's generals. No, it, this is Spatch the second, I think, speaking about his dad. Oh. So you won't speak of Spatch co- that way. Spatch and Spatch the second. Also, he's a narcissist, so he could easily just be saying, you won't speak of me that way, but he says Spatch. <laughs> you don't talk about Scott that way. Oh, How dare you? It's possible. But Spatch lookalike says, in his book, it is prophesied. It will happen now. And Rice Boy says something actually quite wise. Who are you to say which prophecies are true and which are false? They are just written, written words. words. Which actually reminds me of East of West. Mm. Because oh, they I have, haven't finished it yet. They have the prophecy, yeah. and it's often debated how it's interpreted. Mm-hmm. They're just words. That's how they're divided, is because they think of they think the of it differently. as a different thing. Yep, exactly. That's how religions divide over yeah. how you worship oh, it gosh, and, yeah. and which book to then read. Then you get, you get into you know, theology and mythology and all the different sects of culture and praise and religion. Huh. Mm-hmm. Deep. Well, all right, we're almost there. They know nothing more than we do, yada, yada. But more or less, he says, nah, nah, bruh. And instead of huh. killing Rice Boy, Rice Boy kind of dodges out of the way and he hits the tower 
and the sword gets stuck. And the sword gets stuck. And just like magnetized just, or something. Yeah, just as this happens, Toe shows up and thinks that all of this is foolish as he strikes lightning at Spatch. And they fight. There's more fighting, more arguing. Uh, he yells at Spatch, you will not stop it. He's all bloody at this point where Toe overtakes him quite easily, actually. And Rice Boy is all watching this from behind. Hmm. And suddenly he begins to tell him, Toe, you have traveled long and far. You have reached the Iron Tower. You've changed form yet thrice. Uh, I, responds Toe, and you get a really cool flashback of what we have now seem to be the God text saying, seek the fulfiller, mm -hmm. and you see the original three searchers. You knew it was Kalabesh and Toe. Toe. You didn't always know that it was also Golgo. Golgo. Yeah, big reveal there. Golgo was one of the original searchers, which I thought was really interesting. So then God must not have killed him because technically he was still searching. He was searching for Spash the Second, like he was working for Spash the Second to find the fulfillers and kill them. Oh. So he was still looking for fulfillers. Interesting, but now to kill them, but just <laughs> not for the same purpose. Interesting, because yeah, if that's your theory for why Kalabesh was killed, was because he stopped searching. Because he stopped searching. Why he wasn't Golgo? Well, he was. He was, he searching. was searching. He just was planning on killing him. <laughs> Seek the fulfiller. Bring back the mind, and I will give you unending. Yes, we will. Yeah, that's crazy. So more or less, Toe reflects on this quite heavily. It was me all along, flashbacking through, and it was me? Holy shit, so many years? All along. No, it can't be. And Rice Boy is the one who speaks. We both have fulfilled. One of us must die now. By Golgo. Another Golgo. <laughs> he killed them again. Kills him again. Mm. Honestly, I was pissed. I remember like yelling. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Ugh, but there's still a little bit left of power left in tow, and he sends a great lightning bolt to charge the iron tower, and more or less you get Sauron sprung to life, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And then the tower speaks in an ancient cursive dialect and re-rises the... T blah, blah, blah. The words of Ridom, Ridrom have been fulfilled, and the Avatar of the Mind Reign of Mind restored. has returned. And then lightning, lightning, lightning. Lightning. Rice Boy gets just a moment to hug without arms, mm -hmm. uh, toe. <laughs> and yeah. then he wakes up mm -hmm. in his home. Mm -hmm. Oh, Was sure. it all just a dream? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, it wasn't all just a dream. No, because when he goes to, uh, what is the name of that bar? The child. The, the, the hideous child. The hideous child. The uh, bartender's crying and puts a rose down. Yeah. And there are three stone gravestones, Calabash, the one electric, and Angel Eye. Yeah. Garund and Rice Boy have a drink. Yep. And they go their separate ways. And they go their separate ways. And scene. That's the book. That's a lot of a book. I knew we said we would talk long. My original guess was an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's longer than that. Yeah. But, like... Man, how much can you take away? You can take a lot away from this. Like, we mostly talked about the stories and what they said. We would comment on, like, what it meant, too. It's just there's so much because it's such a soft world building where a lot of it's visual or it's terminology that hasn't been applied anywhere else. And you're like, okay, what does it mean? You know? Mm -hmm. A made-up language, new yeah. races, mm. a bunch of named characters that still have some depth. Mm-hmm. 
some characters they don't have any depth they're just there as like a driving force mm-hmm. like the douchebag mcgee yeah he needed to be there he did otherwise rice boy wouldn't have ended up where he was but like him compared to the tree keeper right exactly very important parade was also very vital he's a freaking successor so, of red Ron. so parade when he lets rice boy go he says he'll stall the frogs and he stands up there and says i'm gonna kill you all and then he gets shot in the head with an arrow and dies yeah is that i felt like he was gonna do something but he just gone i was surprised at how quick his death was like I think it was just showing how... He's supposed to be old and super wise. You'd think he'd have some sort of plan other than taking an arrow to the head in 10 seconds. Yeah, that was a little ambiguous because yeah. he did seem to be... He should have seemed to be more powerful than they showed. Mm-hmm. And he knows stuff. Ancient tales, and he's been passing yeah. down knowledge for... I think I remember going back to that panel be like, did he just die? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it? Yeah, and then next, <laughs> moving on. I also want to know what happened uh, to Toe's brother. If the yeah, Bleach Beast, they never showed us. If the Bleach Beast didn't kill him, that means he just disappeared. Hmm. And Toe thought he was dead and probably still does to this point. He didn't get the same information Rice Boy did about the Bleach Beasts and their role. True. Very true. Well, I mean, Toe's dead now. Yeah. True. But his <laughs> brother's not. His brother's not. Or maybe Plot he is. twist. Yeah. So, uh, out of ten... Yeah, what honestly, I give I get a solid high, like nine something. Really? Yeah, I do. I, I'm like I said, I'm a sucker for that soft, ambiguous world that's full of fantastical things that don't need to be explained. Instead, you could just always ponder them with curiosity. Mm. I would have said like a seven point seven mm. from the hip. Yep. If I broke it down, took a rubric out, and sure gave it notes i might yeah well i don't read as many comics i think as you do so like east of west i was i put way up there just because I, I read it and i liked it i also it. put east of west yeah okay fantastic so, yeah this i think has a great storytelling mm-hmm. but it's a different type of storytelling sure yeah which is why will and i came up with the rubric originally is because you could like a story more but it mm. might rate higher Mm. or like rate lower or higher based on like quality measurable yeah. measurable qualities as opposed to like a feeling so i like the from the hip rating because it's how how much did you like it yeah but then how would you rate it as a as a book mm. like okay. compared to other books from the hip i give it 8.59 and as a rating rating compared to other books i'd probably put it as still around an eight mm-hmm. it's pretty strong i think it's really strong. good imagery I like how Evan Dom uses landscape photos. There, that's to, my favorite thing to in change comics. your scenes or to move a character yeah. through like progressions. Even panels. when he gets to uh, Wetton mm-hmm. and he's walking oh, through what? that desert Wetton, that deserted town. Mm-hmm. It's like we hadn't seen a town like that yet. Yeah, and now it just is that Wetton's there. Yeah, uh, they. I feel more comics telling needs transition panels. Mm-hmm. And versus just, all right, this is where we are now. All right, this is where we are now. Which sometimes it works, for sure. You're in a fast-paced setting and things, which I think a lot of comic writers and organizers are getting getting used to incorporating mm-hmm. is that type of scene transition. Some know how to do it, some don't. But I feel like the ones I've mostly read, I'm always disappointed in that there's not as much just transition scenes. Mm-hmm. i got to read more comics, probably. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would uh, I would recommend this story to others. I would if someone else wanted a book to, to read, I'd ask them what they like. Mm. If there was anything in even the vein of fantasy, this is a book I would pass out. Yeah. It's easy to read. 
it's it wasn't challenging but if you want to break it down you can talk about yeah. it for a couple hours yeah <laughs> exactly and this was evan's first book that he actually wrote at least online for this world of oversight because the other one we said we read was the order of tales and there's still many others mm -hmm. you have vatu which is a three book series um and what's this oh yeah i had it up here the Vatsu series finished with three books. They actually have a one that's being worked on right now that has a weekly release called The Third Voice. Oh. Is it in the world of Overside? Uh, I don't believe so. It says it concerns an invented world in a state of apocalyptic crisis and the precarious lives of the many people therein. Hmm. So more or less very rudimentary description. I'm literally just on his page where you can click on the... Riceboy.com. Right, yeah. But this is what some of the imagery looks like. Oh, he's uh he's increased his skills there a little bit. Yeah, it's it got more detail than than his previous works that we've been reading. Yeah. So, but it's very cool. It does seem to have or if actually look if you have some imagery here that looks yep. like the scripts. It does. I'm sure it might be adoptive or at a, uh, related to the universe in some way, unless it's just his style now, which I wouldn't mind at all. But it it wasn't stated anywhere like the other stories were yeah like directly related yeah, to oversight. yeah i think he would probably considering the other ones reference each other he probably would have mm. if it were maybe within the same world well it gives you a lot to think about on power and prophecy and what what roles to, what, in life who you are yeah yeah a lot of what purpose you're what you're meant to do yeah purpose because they give a lot of purpose to even the little characters like the tree keeper Mm -hmm. or Parod, or even um, Gurun's brother, who mm -hmm. wasn't seemingly very important at all. Suddenly, they're the heir to uh He's Parod. been important this whole time. Yeah. We just haven't seen it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cool little connections like that that are really cool. So no matter what you're doing, you're important. And a lot of perspective. Just between the way you read this book and I read this book, you've mm. thought of a lot of more things related to the mind and how mm. the mind is gone. So is this is this a dream? Is it real? Yeah. Whereas I was taking it a little more face value um, with the panel, you know, for the God, for example, which ends up probably being the time avatar. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, oh, there's text and there's a stone, the stone speaking. Mm -hmm. You were like, well, I thought yeah. he was having oh, an internal yep. monologue, a dialogue with himself about how who he is and what he's even doing. I always thought Why it was I weird. Here? I think yours is what's, more accurate. What's my task? Yeah. Uh, I thought he was just mad at but, himself because I know I yell at myself sometimes <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> like that in a monologue. Uh -huh. hmm. But in the end, Rice Boy wakes up at home. Yeah. And the only thing that is changed about his hometown is that there are three headstones with some names on them. What if he always visited the headstones and now he made up a story right. that goes with them? Right. Wow. It's all a dream. M. Night Shyamalan twist. Uh, let's see. Is there anything you would change about the book? About this book here? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a good question. I think, I think this book deserves uh, to be actually a little longer. I think another 100 pages would have been nice mm. to maybe tell us the answers to some of those things. I like... I love movies that are open-ended where, you know, you mm -hmm. I walk out and I say, yeah, this is what I thought the ending was, and you say something completely different. Mm -hmm. And we're not, neither one is wrong because the book allow or the story allows for that. 
that's nice, but I also want to know more of this universe. Yeah. I feel like now that I've read uh, Order of Tales and Rice Boy, I want to read Vatu just to see if I can get more depth to the universe. Yeah. It'd be cool to see something like what Toe's brother ended up doing, and maybe that's a whole story in itself. Maybe. To that notion, I think there's enough details like that in Rice Boy where, like, you could easily do three pages of panels just to give a little bit more background on a couple things, mm-hmm. whether it's the tree keeper or the people in um, Backtown with the masks mm-hmm. and what that town is like. More or less, he passes through, yeah. asks for water, and is denied, and then goes, keep going. Right. Nothing it, happens in so, Backtown. It's so quick. Yeah, but it's this crazy abandoned dust town with molten red rocks speckled throughout and they're like no you can't have the water yeah <laughs> we don't know what you're gonna do with it yeah and there's a yeah so that's something like that i could see i think them. i read through this in two sittings like it's quick it's, it's quick it's, it's very quick it's an easy read yeah which is good i also like that i mean maybe it is maybe it's perfect the way it is because you can mm-hmm. read it quick there are some questions but you don't need mm-hmm. to know the answers for it to be enjoyed do you think the order of tales could be done in a sitting uh i did it in like three hours total. okay three hours total yeah. Yeah. Because well, the thing about they they're thick books. Like yeah. if you look at them, they're kind of intimidating. Yeah. But they're Rice graphic Boy, novels. Rice Boy's like four hundred and fifty pages. Yeah. And Order of Tales is like seven hundred and eighty. Right. But that's imagery and graphic novels. There's a lot of that that fill. And big panels. Big they're panels. not little panels. So there's yeah. a lot of ter- page turning well, pretty quickly. That's a good point. No, I really like the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you know, like you, you, I think you liked it more than I did. But I don't think it takes away from the quality of the book at all. Yeah, I think I, I'm I'll, biased. I will read this again. Yeah, I read uh, Order of Tales. I finished it today. Mm-hmm. I'm already looking forward to reading it again because there's more stuff to expand on. Mm-hmm. This is the second time I've read it, and the first time I read it, you know, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty awesome." Mm-hmm. Second time I read it, I was like, "Oh, now that I've read Ra- Rice Boy, like this is even more awesome." Mm-hmm. And now we're picking up on things in Rice Boy and talking about it that we've missed. Like, what did I miss in the 750 pages of Order of Tales where I'm like, oh, man. Details? Yep. Yeah. Details. I do like that a lot. I could only imagine what his future works have. Hmm. Yeah, I'll read Vatu for sure. Yeah. You always uh, you were talking about this earlier, but like with video games, right? And there's all the extra collectible stuff. It's nice when it's not daunting, but it's also nice to get the little goodies. Yep. Let's see what, see what you can find. Exactly. Yeah. So to answer the question, I guess I don't think I would change anything. Okay. It's that's not perfect, that, but I don't think I would change anything. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like that answer. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap wrap it up. Wrap this up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we didn't have too many people discussing with us, but that's okay. We'll get you next time. Uh, we can always find us on all of the socials there's twister uh, twist twister twitter instagram discord you can email us at our podcast at gmail.com um we use our patreon you can now be a one dollar supporter to join our discord we will be posting free access for this episode so then come the expanse there will be the expanse coming fe- march 6th we will no longer be offering that discord to you to help us join out, it'll be behind that $1 a month paywall, which, let's be honest, come on, a dollar? You love us. Stick around. It's great. You spend $4 on one coffee on one day. Yeah, exactly. If you got any comments, questions, concerns, additions, or deletions, let us know. We're happy to listen. 
and we'll just keep talking about things like we talk about. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. Yep. Um, bye, everyone. Bye.